What's up, everybody? Just want to tell you how you can come support the show real quick. Just please get off of YouTube and come watch us over on Rockfin, rockfin.com forward slash Truezilla. You can find all the episodes for free, plus you can find an occasional bonus premium episode that is usually too extreme for YouTube. You know, we talk about all the stuff we can't talk about on, on YouTube. So anyway, mm. um, either do that or, God, are we doing it still? Are we doing Patreon? Okay, doing Patreon for, for now? I mean, for right now, I okay. mean, I, I'm kind of disgusted right. with them. But. Yep, so patreon.com forward slash Truezilla reluctantly. I think we need to go over Subscribestar. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any input or advice, let us know. Yeah, but anyway, input, for sure. but in the meantime, regardless, go get yourself a Truezilla t-shirt, truezilla.org forward slash shirts, and uh, you'll be riding in style in the freaking uh, re-education camp. So anyway, guys, love you all. Enjoy the show. Boom. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Truezilla. I'm Scott sitting here with my good friend Ed. Sorry guys, make couldn't make it again tonight, but uh, we're sitting here with our good friend Josiah, who is another freedom fighter that we met through Freedom yeah. Cells, dude. And uh man, you know, um, I got okay. so many great people. I, yeah. I kind of want to start off Go ahead. here. So, so Josiah, I've never told you this, but um, when when I saw you the first time, I, I think it was maybe the first Freedom Cells meeting. When maybe the first or second one. First or second. One of the first or second. Trudy's, Trudy's. Okay. Well, um, I, I saw you there. And I swear, and I've had this experience many times since I've been in Freedom Cells. Mm-hmm. Like, I swear I like knew you. Or like, like, it's like deja vu or something, right? And I've had a lot of instances of this since this whole the COVID and it's bringing me together with these, with people in freedom cells and just like people, like-minded people. I, I, I felt like there's a kind of this deja vu feeling. I, I've kind of, I've looked at it like uh, someone said to me early on in this thing, you know, right now we're finding our spirit family. Mm. Right. And I think that really rang true for me. So, so, so I never told you that man, but like, for me, like I felt some connection to you that uh, you're hearing it right now live, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I will say that I'm really excited to have you on. Um, your age group doesn't have a lot of people that are awake to what's going on. Like, and I'm sure you you experience that in your daily life all around. But, um, you know, for us, maybe it has to do with, you know, we lived through 9-11. I was, uh, I forget, I was around 20 or something when 9-11 happened. And, uh, and I think, you know, that moment is a huge moment to a lot of people in my age group, right? And you either kind of like, bought a whole bunch of bullshit or like, or you kind of woke up to the government maybe is lying to you a lot. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, so, God. you know, and, <laughs> and, and then there's the older generation. I look at like my parents and stuff and, and I, you know, they've been through JFK and they've been through, you know, nine uh, 11 and all these things in, in Vietnam. And, and, and I think, I think that generation is just a lot more black pilled. Like, they're just like, you just can't do anything. Like they're just, seen too much right like they're just like i'm just gonna live my life and kind of do the do what i can to get through it and not try to put too much into it mm-hmm. but you know my generation i mean we're, we're having kids and we're like dude we don't want the world they're trying to offer us right now man but um so what's it like to be someone in your age group and, and fighting against the mad tyranny going on and just a bit of just identifying the tyranny going on right so it's like banging your head against like a brick wall sometimes yeah. Some people get it. A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. My sister doesn't get it. She's full blue pill. She's yelled at me. That's fine. She's my sister. I'll still forgive her no matter what she does. Um, I've been called a lot of things by my age group. doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't really bother me at this point. I'm just going to let them say, you know, let them think what they want to think. 
I'm gonna think what I'm gonna think, but the difference between the two of us is that I have something to back it up. They yeah. don't. They yeah. just parrot what's back on the TV. I didn't. And no. I guess maybe in a way that pisses them off, but. 100%. 100%. I, I think so. And, I, and just to let our listeners know, like, like we're going to get into a lot of stuff here. You know, I think it's really valuable and important to get into kind of your backstory, kind of let them know what the, kind of the fight that you've been fighting. But ultimately, I want folks to know to stick around. And if you're just listening on the podcast version, come check us out on Rockfin and come watch this video. Because what, what Josiah has done is he's written this like 30 page just expose, just shattering the COVID hoax from every <laughs> single possible angle imaginable. We're going to go through it. We're going to go through it and we'll make this report available for you guys to download and to share and distribute. But man, when I first met Josiah at the first freedom cells, like we got to be chatting, he got to, we got to chat and he brought it, busted out his laptop and he's like, check this out. I'm working on this project. And I'm just like, Whoa, dude. And it's all just like sourced, just nothing but sources nothing but just like factual claims and to back it up everything from what like suicide the the suicide angles of like masks the vaccines it's just it's just the schooling like the whole thing it's just it's just the most damning piece of uh anything i've seen compiled into one like resource so it's, it's super amazing super powerful um but anyway before we get to all that right so um in my opinion it's still largely incomplete like a lot it, of the sections are done yeah but like um what is it the part near the end like all the um quotes on the vaccine and mask effectiveness i they're just dumped there so for me i still like click on the links and i'm like i don't know what i'm clicking on but like i'd say about 80 percent of it is done to the listener i would say um you have this document to the listener i would say don't take my word for it yeah take my documents word for it yeah so um yeah don't even believe me. Believe my document. So. Awesome. Awesome. We'll get into it. Then. And if you have opposed it, prove it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. your own research. Right. Because that's that's what we can't we can't teach people what to believe. We want to teach them how to find do their own research and find this stuff out. Right. Because because none of us got to this point by uh, by just believing the other side. Right. Like it was seeds were planted and we did our own investigation. Right. So so if if anyone in the world right now should think that something's up, right? Like, listen to the spidey sense you got on the back of your neck there, you know, the the hair standing up and say, you know, there might be something not right about what's going on here. Just, just, just entertain that and do your own research and don't listen to, if if the media says it, look at what the other side says. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think it was George Carlin that said, don't teach kids how to read kids that want to read are going to learn how to read. It's better to teach kids how to question what they read. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent, man. So, uh, awesome. So you are a student at the university of Oregon. How, what's that like? Daylight (laughs) robbery. It's daylight robbery. Every single day is just daylight robbery. I mean, I'm still chugging along with classes, but they've destroyed. it's, It's not school anymore. It's just zoom university. And it's just like, at that point, it's just YouTube university. I could just go on YouTube and, Absolutely. read books and learn more from that but um i think there's a lawsuit against osu and u of o for tuition which is good because they're trying to bring that up for wow. god knows whatever reason they're trying to uh first fall term it's their goal for fall term next year to have it be in person but they're gonna have all the masks and all the oh, yeah. online so it's gonna be a mixed bag for fall term but i think fall terms we're gonna start doing it and for the students, they already started like pre-registering. 
for vaccines. Of course, I didn't. Sure. But um, I think some students have already pre-registered. Uh, I don't. I only know one or two students have who have already gotten it. But um, other than that, it seems like largely large the school population is largely untouched for the most part mentally they're yeah they've already got them but physically they still got that yeah wow is there any word or any sense about whether or not they're going to mandate it or require it to go back i haven't haven't seen i kept looking like crazy Mm -hmm. like through their frequently asked questions yeah i didn't find anything regarding it being mandatory and they should not be mandatory and if they did well expect one hell of a pushback at least for me, even at least if I from you. on my own, expect one hell of a pushback from me. Yeah. There are, so. there are legal teams waiting for this moment too. I, mean, oh. I think of like the Dell Big Trees and the ICANs and then the, you know, the RFK juniors and, uh, yeah. and, and like uh, Children's Health Defense. Like there's, there are agencies on our side that, that will take these lawsuits and hopefully they'll go somewhere. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's the, the court of public opinion is pushing that way so hard right now that who knows what will happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it does seem like, it does seem like they're going to go kind of the, uh, not, not the mandate by the state, but mandate by the corporations. Like that's or the universities. Be, and the universities. universities yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the direction it seems like it's going. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, you want to get into the little battle you've been fighting with your poetry class at all? <laughs> yeah um i have we are in a discord so it's like a joint class and each class has got about 10 11 people in it it's one of my favorite classes it's like a yeah. whole year thing so we get to know each other throughout the class like if it was in person i would go to their house and eat dinner like yeah. i love them like all of them they're great people and i sent the, i wrote hand wrote a letter and i said i'm not gonna do this anymore this is like i can't every single cell in my body is saying don't do it. Do not click a single zoom link on this anymore. Like don't like the other classes I'll do online. That's fine. But like this class, like with this set of people, I can't, it can't, it's not something that could be done online. So I told him in my discord, I wrote him a hand letter and I said, I can't do this. Here's why I'm not going to do it. If anybody wants sources, let me know. I sent that to the discord about two, three days ago, no response. I finally got a response about five minutes ago one person wants sources so i'm gonna definitely send them this nice um this document after we're done here i sent the email to my teacher and then the head of the program and then i got a really stalin-esque response from the head of the program saying i appreciate your spirit but you still need to attend class why you didn't give me a moral reason to do so and i emailed them back saying it's not about following rules it's about morals and clear like I didn't say this, but I would have liked to say it. And clearly you have no morals. Yeah. But I just said, it's like, if you want to do something about it. And he even says like, we want to return safely. He's like, then do it. Then just return to class. No one's holding you back other than yourself. Yeah. Like if you're you're really just going to wait for someone to tell you that to me is a sign of weak is someone who's weak mentally or is just ignorant or is just scared because you can look the writings on the wall at this point. Yeah, certainly. The writing's on the wall. And if you can't see it, yeah, that's on you. That's that's why I just I recently uh, you know just joined a gym and I'd been without a gym for for a, quite a period of time there because all the gyms were closed. I thought, but I joined a gym where where the guy had stayed open through the whole time. Everything was down. I didn't know it. So and right now you can join a gym that's going to close again when 
Kay Brown tells, tells them to, or you can, you can go join a gym that's been stayed open through the whole thing. Like I did core fusion in Eugene. So, mm-hmm. yeah, same with my, yeah. um, my barber. He's been open the whole time. I don't want to go. Well, even regardless, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else to get my haircut because it's just sure. a quality cut. But if you find places like that, invest your money there. Yes. Don't go to a business that follows these laws or these laws, these, the, the lie. Rules. Don't follow yeah. the lie. Yeah. Follow the totally. truth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, 100% agree. Put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Yeah. You guys, let's pause right here. I'm sorry. I had the. I had the audio set up wrong here. So we're good. Like I'm seeing lines, but uh, I unplugged it to download that stupid thing and I should not have done that. So let me uh, stop this. Oh, come on, Scott. I know, dude. I know this is ridiculous. I'm super embarrassed. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. It should be okay. I'm thinking. Um, JP1... I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna open up a new one. We're gonna go transport scan audio devices. Okay. Now I'm just gonna go boom. All right. That looks a lot better. That's the type of lines I'm looking for. Holy crap, I'm sorry. And then and is our audio coming through okay for you though? Joseph? Oh, yeah, like, like guys sound crystal clear. Okay, so then I think it's salvageable. It's gonna be fine then. It's gonna be yep, fine. It's gonna be the fine. Zoom recording is gonna be fine. So anyway. We're good. Let's just, uh, let's keep pushing. So sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Oh my gosh. It's all good. Okay. Um, so I was going to ask is like, uh, I, uh, I'd ask you for your, uh, instructor's email address and I have not yet sent him an email address, but I was wondering, do you want to put that out to our listeners, have them, or, or, or does it, is it getting close to some sort of like, uh, uh, d- diplomatic resolution at this point? <laughs> I think at this point we're past the point of diplomacy. Okay. At like the only, I think we're, collectively we're past the bargaining period. Mm-hmm. Like with all this, you either we're past the bargaining period, either yeah. we're going to go into a bargaining period or we're out of it. And I think the yeah. bargaining period is going to be more lawsuits and people like suing, but it's either going to be, people are going to sue or people are going to take back their lives, whether the powers that be like it or not. Yeah. So or no one's nothing's going to happen, and uh, Klaus Schwab's going to rub his hands. We have three options. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think Klaus Schwab is rubbing his hands, regardless. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think things are going in that direction. I mean, that's why with the three of us are all part of Freedom Cells, right? Because we mm-hmm. want to be not dependent on their system. So, yep. um, I think we need to. We, as I've said many times, we need to create our own better. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't need to build back better. We need to create our own better. So, exactly. so, so in the long run, when they have their smart cities and the people are enslaved, we have our own lives of community where we depend on one another and we are not slaves. Mm-hmm. And these institutions that, only have as much power as you give them yes. silently 100%. or not silently. Mm-hmm. So, and what was that? Hello. Oh. Oh, All right, right, Josiah, we're back here. Uh, we had well, we had a little interruption there. Like the whole thing yeah. just got like the power surge. Like I feel like it the, felt like an attack. I the, have to the, say, yeah, the whole, know, but... whole computer got shut down, and then it's crazy too because like you know this reminds me of like you know when they like J.P. Morgan like sinks the entire Titanic just to take out like like uh, <laughs> Astor, right? Yeah. John Jacob Astor or something like that. Some crazy attack, or they crash the 2007 economy just to take out uh, Tesla and his the, the Titanic package, you know? that is uh, Trisilla. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we are, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
exactly. So I feel like we we're yeah, under okay. attack on that level for reals. Anyway. Okay. So Josiah, Josiah, before we get too far into your work and, and, and exposing uh, this big hoax, uh, how does, how did you wake up? What, what, yeah. yeah. Oh man. That's always a question I love to ask, but uh, it was the stupidest, stupidest thing. Uh, I just never liked authority growing up. I didn't like, I just never liked being told what to do really, especially if it was from someone who seems like an unworthy authority figure. I was like, just stop telling me what to do. But um, then uh, I remember my best friend, he turned 17 and we smoked weed at his birthday party. It was like, we we're turning 17. We we're like 17, 18 at the time. And I was like, this is cool. It's like, why is this bad? And then I found a ton of stuff on YouTube just about it. I got really interested about just learning about it. And then somehow that led me towards um, like CIA, like drug <laughs> smuggling. And then I was like, oh my God, like Epstein's might like, and then the Epstein thing was big too, but mm -hmm. I was kind of awake prior to that. And just also part of it was like, I knew that politicians don't really cared about you. I was yeah. like, I knew it was kind of one big sham, but I didn't really, I realized how big a sham it was until I was like a junior in high school, I want to say especially now, but, um, yeah, I just kind of stumbled my way in really. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a big story. I just kind of started asking questions, wanted answers. Now I'm here. That's amazing. Yeah. Whatever gets you here. That's what I would say. And it's like, for me, it's, it's funny when you say, you know, you didn't trust authority and whatnot. And it's like, it's, you know, I, I have small children now and it's like, I think about that often. I'm like, I need to raise these children to question authority, right? Because look at how much authority we've been giving that is uh, that is does not have our best interest in mind, to say the least, right? Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. A big part of it was Bill Hicks too. I remember I discovered Bill when I was like a senior, the comedian, mm -hmm. and I love the way he was. Him and George Carlin, I discovered yeah. in my senior year, and I loved how well articulated both of them were and their points. And I looked up what they had talked about and I was like, you know, they weren't, they weren't too off, you know, yeah. they weren't off, but um, yeah, it was big. Part of it was just um, those two comedians and then just kind of observing things more from a outside perspective instead of like an inside perspective, yeah. you know, cause like I was just a kid. I was like, what am I going to do? It's like, other than just to learn about it. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you know, that reminds me. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I was, I was just going to say that I think that's that's really key, and especially with what we're going through, you know. I mean, if you are just – I always say if, if you are able to step a couple of degrees out and look look kind of down on like like the COVID situation is a perfect example, you know. Um, when you look at it, when you're in one area, you know, you're like, okay, well, well, you know, the, the death rates, you know, they might be – just fooling the numbers a little bit. Cause there's some evidence that maybe they are, but you know, that's, that's okay because, because at least the tests are good. But then if you look at the tests, well, the tests might not be good, but you know, they always blame it on something else, but you take a couple degrees out and it's just like, it all fits together. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it just all feeds the same narrative. Right. So, yeah. It's crazy. Um, so what I was going to say is, is like, uh, this just reminded me of another really funny story. Um, so, I'm in like so many different chats, so many different like whatever's, you know, Telegram, freaking this other distill the truth um, on the Mighty Networks, it's like a whole other app, Mighty Networks. Um, anyway, so I was on there and it's a local like uh, breathe free Lane County 
um, which we'll probably talk about at the end of the episode. But anyway, they uh, they have their own whole little community going on that, that have kind of uh, gotten to be a part of a little bit too. And in that group, they had this picture that somebody posted. Um, it was a photo from, so what is it? Night Library? Night Library is the library here at University of Oregon here in Eugene. And uh, somebody had posted this photo of like the, the big sign in front of Night Library. And somebody had come by and put all these little posts or like uh, index cards across the whole sign. They saying, were, um, Go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the punchline. Here's the punchline. So, so. So it was like, it was like COVID, COVID's a hoax, like check, check the facts, like blah, 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 like just all the things, you know, all the things like the vaccines and poison, like we'll get into specifics. And then like, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, I wonder if Josiah knows who this person is that did that. So I, I texted Josiah and Telegram, like showed him the picture. I'm like, hey, like half jokingly, I'm like, hey, do you do this? And he's like, yeah. I did. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's you. He's like, yeah, no joke. That was me. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, there's a story to that. I was putting him up, and then the security guard came out. I literally just waved at him, and he went back inside. I finished yeah. setting them all up, and then I went to sit on the bench, kind of just see people's reactions, kind of judge them. And there was this lady on the phone, masked. Yeah. <laughs> Walks up, and she just kind of looks at it. And you can tell her she's got a bad, she's got a negative reaction to it. Yeah. She walks in to the, and like tells a security guard and like, right when she walks, tells a security guard, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But, and he they didn't approach me at all, which is weird. Cause I know that guy saw me do it. Yeah. And I was just sitting like 20 feet away from it. I was like, okay. But then the lady was walking back in the direction she came and she was on the phone. She was like, yeah, some moron put up a bunch of signs by night library. And I was this close to me and like, I'm that moron. Do you want to have a conversation? <laughs> like, we can talk about it all you want. I yep. got the facts. Exactly. We can chat. I love that. That's the best part about this too. Like I had, I, I we just had another guest on. Actually, we just talked to Amber and John, the gleaners. Like, so that they're the people that we talked to right before you here. Um, I'm not sure what what order these episodes are going to go out, but uh, anyway. The, so I was talking to them too. Like I had an incident over, over the weekend where I was maskless in the store and got confronted by some crazy, like triple maskers, dude, like, like just screaming across the store. I hope you get COVID and die. Just screaming at me. And I'm just like, and I saw him in the parking lot afterwards. I'm like, come educate me. Come tell me something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the beauty of this thing is that we do have the facts on our side all the time. I'm, I'm like, as, as, as much as I keep, over the course of this, whatever, how many months we've been doing this podcast, like I keep making these resolutions. Okay, I'm going to not get on Twitter. I'm not not interact with these idiots and get bogged down in these horribly awful energy sucking conversations. But, you know, like just today, like I'm, I'm on there, like sending tweets to like all these doctors and all these blue check mark, like, like scientists and everything. I'm like, come on the show. Like freaking like, uh, what is that? Demi Lovato. I'm like sending her tweets, like saying like, come on the show, come on, defend your position. I don't give a shit. Like, like you got nothing. You literally got nothing. You, anyway, but it's, it's they're guided. They're, yeah. most of these people are guided by emotions instead of logic. Yeah. You know, and like, you got to listen to your emotions, but if you let that guide you, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. Yep. You know? Yeah. At the same time though, I would say, um, most people's intuition, I know my intuition told me this thing was off right from the get go. Yeah. Right. So, so I, maybe emotions, intuition are a little different, but I think it really, realistically, your, your intuition, you should be, you should be following that and, and looking into these things. Yeah. I, my yeah. idea was, my thought was like, okay, they lied about nine 11 Vietnam and countless other things. Yes. You think they suddenly got all their shit together and they're telling the truth now. They yep. have such a terrible track record. What makes you think they're going to button up and start like, no, 
there's definitely some deceit going on. Mm-hmm. And they, they've, I mean, they've written about what they're doing right now. They planned for it right before they did it. We had our event 201. We have our lockstep. You know, we have, we have like this. This is a long plan, right? Like, and we've gone vaccines. Into, we, yeah, we've gone into this extensively, and I know you know all the same stuff we do. But um, this, if you want to find what's happening, where this is going, it's all written down. They've told us. I mean, now it seems to be like that the World Economic Forum is kind of leading the pack. Which, uh, so just go read the Great Reset. Yeah, they'll tell you what they're doing, yeah. right? Yep. And this is going to get very linked into to climate change here yeah. real quick, as it yeah. is it's already. It's already, but it, yeah. that's going to be, the, I think, the main driving force, you know, yeah. uh, besides the, the COVID hoax. Oh, and racism, yeah, racism. certainly. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. But man, so uh, oh, the other only other thing I wanted to ask you about, Josiah, is like, what's it like, 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 you know, with the classmates, the roommates, the friends, like on campus, you're, you, you know, the people that you're in class with. You know, what's, what's that like navigating that, man? Most people don't mind if I'm on campus. Like, usually I just go to campus just to skate. Yeah. Really? Like, that's the only reason I go there. And if I'm skating, I'm obviously not going to wear one. And the only one person has bothered me while I'm skating. I'm like, literally just went across the street and you stopped bothering me. So I'm like, yeah. Um, roommates are fine. They're fine. What Like, it's whatever. Like, they're fully bought into it. Yeah. Like, whatever um lost some friends over it doesn't really matter because if you lose a friend over an ideological um over something ideological i don't think that was really a friendship like if daryl davis a black man can make friends with a white supremacist you can make friends over you can make friends with anybody like ideological things aren't really a thing that i think get in the way of friendships unless it's like really bad yeah but other than that, like, I think the, like the only worst thing is just my sister. Like, well, I feel like a lot of people can attest to this sort of thing. It's just getting yeah. cussed out by her. It's like, what do you have to bring to the table? Like, I got all this. I yeah. haven't shown her this, but yeah, I don't want to. It's the thing. She, she got her, she's going to be getting her second shot oh. tomorrow. If tomorrow's oh. Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm, there's no point. Yeah, which sucks, but that's her choice. That's her right. As yeah. much as I vehemently disagree, she can do whatever she wants with her body. But she has no moral. No, nobody has a moral authority over my body. That's and my right. Body autonomy, hundred percent. Because my body is my private property. Yep. yep. Do not transgress on my not private given. property. Certainly. Um, so I got to ask you one more thing, just thinking about like the, the university and stuff. And I'm, one of my jobs, I drive through the university neighborhoods a lot on Friday evenings. And what I see is parties galore, people without masks and then just doing their thing. So, so is, are they just hypocrites? Are, are I they? I think a lot of them are just hypocrites. Genuinely. I think either people are hypocrites or people are just locked in their room. I think there's just one of those two options. You're either a hypocrite or you're fully bought in. Cause I know the parties are going full on raging like a normal, like any school year, like they should be, man. I'm not saying like they shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm just saying you do that. You don't get to preach. You don't get to preach that you need to wear your mask. If you're not wearing your mask on Friday nights and you know, partying with all your friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I've yeah. gone to so many of those. No one's gotten sick. Yeah, yeah dude. Totally. Exactly. The exactly. only person who got sick was my roommate, but he got a sinus infection. He's yeah. just got bad sinuses. 
dude. Well, if you got, if you would have gotten a test, <laughs> you know, it might he have been got a test. Re- reclassified. Right? He got a test, came okay. out negative. Oh, okay. God. So then it's, yeah, so it's all bullshit. So, okay. So let's do this, Josiah. What do you say? Yeah, I'm all right. excited to dig in. Okay, let's go ahead it. and share let's your screen, it. man. And like, let's, uh, let's, let's pick apart. Let's pick this thing apart. All right. Lord, now I know how my teachers feel. Okay. All right. So let's start. This is just called, it's called COVID-19, a counter argument by me, Josiah Pensado. Yeah. Um, And each chapter in each section just opens up with a quote just to give larger context. So here's the first quote. We are not afraid to entrust the American people with unpleasant facts, foreign ideas, alien philosophies, and competitive values. For a nation that is afraid to let its people judge the truth and falsehood in an open market is a nation that is afraid of its people. This is from JFK on remarks in the 20th century in the Voice of America, Department of Health, Education, Welfare, February 26, 1962. So here's the opening statement. In Sidney Lumet's groundbreaking film, 12 Angry Men, a jury of 12 strangers must deliberate whether the 18-year-old defendant murdered his own father. The punishment for his suspected actions would be the electric chair, but to send him a death, the vote must be unanimous. There must be no reasonable doubt regarding the case. The vote of the the result of the vote was 11 to 1, as one man expressed his doubt against the other 11. His response to the other man about the vote was simple. I just don't, I don't know. According to the Wikipedia page on reasonable doubt, quote, beyond a reasonable doubt is the legal standard of proof required to validate a criminal conviction in most adversarial legal systems. It is a higher standard of proof than the balance of probabilities commonly used as civil manners and is usually therefore resolved for criminal matters where what is at stake, e.g. someone's liberty, is considered more serious and therefore deserving a higher threshold. If there is any doubt that a person is guilty, it is better that they be acquitted than to risk an innocent person being convicted. The single juror in Lumet's film simply says we might be wrong. Sending an 18-year-old to death for suspected murder of his own father is quite the burden to bear. Suppose the 11 jurors who voted for his death were all right along, or perhaps they were all wrong. We cannot know for sure whether the boy was innocent or not. All we can know is that we must first look at the facts. In this case, the facts expressed by the lone juror express strong doubt that must be taken into consideration. This is more than just voting yes or no. It's about life or death. Yeah. Like the characters in 12 Angry Men, the community at U of O and community at whole um, faces a genuine crossroads. Do we put ourselves in the electric chair that is remote learning or quit ourselves and return to normal? The unfortunate yet fortunate thing about this scenario is that we are in control of our own case, but we must make sure our decisions lead to the right decision. I don't know why I used decision twice in that sentence. All right. I'm going to edit that. (laughs) I unfortunately believe that we may be making the wrong choice. At the beginning of COVID-19, I was not sure I could trust the narrative. I just did not know. So I began to do my research. Simply because I I raised conflicts of interest in this report does not make me a conspiracy theorist. Questioning the safety and efficacy of a vaccine does not make me anti-vax. I've never thought of myself as that. Saying that we have drastically overreacted to COVID-19 does not make me a COVID denier. Just because I believe that lockdowns are ineffective and destructive does not mean I'm a threat to the health of others around me. I hope the administration at U of O looks at all the sources linked in detail. That way we consider our approach to COVID-19 and make sure that decisions we make today will lead to the health and welfare of tomorrow. I hope that we can all move forward with courage instead of fear, truth over deception. Perhaps William Cooper, author of the book, Behold a Pair of Horse, <laughs> may have put it best. The ideas and conclusions in this work are mine alone. It's possible that one or more conclusions may be wrong. The purpose of this is to convince you, the reader, that something is terribly wrong. It is my hope that this work will inspire you to begin an earnest search for the truth. Your conclusions may be different, but together we can build a better world. 
Mm. Yes. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go. That is down the path of an increasingly repressive measure until it becomes a source of terror to all citizens. It creates tyranny where everyone lives in fear. Harry Truman, in a special message to the Congress of Internal Security of the United States, August 8th, 1950. Disclaimer, um, a lot of the stuff about lockdowns mm-hmm. I got from a Reddit post. Um, okay. Of course, everything linked here. Um, but first, we're going to look down effectiveness. Okay. The welfare of the people, lockdown effectiveness. The welfare of the people in particular has always been the alibi of tyrants. Whoa. In this section, we will oh, let Truman. that sink in. Let that sink in, folks. All right. So the welfare of the people in particular has always been the alibi of tyrants. So it's always been about like rolling out tyrannical measures and saying, hey, we're going to protect you. We're going to protect you from this group of people. We're going to protect you from, you know, now it's this disease. You know, we're going to protect you from terrorism, you know, like whatever the shape it is, it's all cloaked in this package of oh we're gonna we're doing this for your own good always this is not a new thing always (laughs) noam chomsky talked about it in manufacturing consent yeah so uh in this section we will explore how lockdowns have been detrimental ineffective unconstitutional inhumane if the university of oregon chooses to remain under lockdown it could pose a genuine health concern to the student body germane lockdown means we are complicit with the deaths of despair these lockdowns bring and just as rod serling said in the show the twilight zone any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. Yes. Mm. Let's see. And then the first um, the first real quote, or the first real source is, length is just the Great Barrington Declaration. Yes. If I figured you guys would be aware of that. Yep. But then yep. Uh, here's the next one, quoting Dr. David Nabarro of the World Health Organization. Quote, we at the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns to the primary control of the virus. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your health workers who are exhausted, but by and large, you'd rather not do it. So wait a minute. So you're telling me this is the World Health Organization telling us this, right? Yeah, Dr. David Navarro. So, so you YouTube, YouTube that are listening right now <laughs> and that are looking to censor me for going against anything that, because I know that's YouTube's policy is to censor things that go against World Health Organization statements, right? So what we're doing is we're saying lockdowns are ineffective, but that is what the World Health Organization is saying. So if you censor this video, just know that you were going against what the World Health Organization says. And of course, yeah, yeah. everything I say is linked here. There's links, folks. And I, I want to step everything. back for one second, though. The, the Great Barrington Declaration, that's um, a declaration by, um, I, I don't even know how many thousands of doctors and scientists um, around the world have signed on to this to just stand up against uh, lockdowns and, yeah. and masking. And, and this, the way we've, the way we've handled this has been the wrong way. And yeah. there's, there's, there's there, if no matter what you say that you, you, when you listen to the mass media, they're going to say that there's the scientific consensus, right? Mm-hmm. But, but here's, here's the, the, the counter argument. Yep. As you put it yourself, the, the counter argument is there are scientists and doctors, epidemiologists, virologists oh, across have- the entire world that are saying that this is not the right way to deal with this. And that it's not effective and it's it's doing more harm than good. And they're, they've all signed on to it. So I think it's because when people say trust the science, <laughs> it's like I'm trusting the science to say science is a monotheistic thing that cannot be questioned. That just means you're in a cult. That's a religion. Yes. You're in a yes. cult. Scientism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's the next. Uh, this is from Professor Michael Levitt. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And of course, everything I'm saying linked. There's yep. no doubt in my mind that we, well, this is quoting Michael Levitt. There's no doubt in my mind that we have come, 
that when we come to look back on this, the damage done by lockdown will exceed any saving of lives by a huge factor. Huge. And, and uh, I would say just real quick on, on that quote too, there was um, an article that uh, was done in Revolver magazine um, where they, they did this uh, evaluation of lives years lost due, due to COVID and lockdowns where they compared, I think it was the U.S. and Sweden. And uh, they compared like, say, if you're an 80 year old and the average life expectancy is 80 and you die, then there would be no years lost. But if you're, you know, a 10 year old, then that would be like 70 years lost. And they compared to like, um, and this was probably in the fall they did this, but they compared, uh, you know, how the U.S. handled COVID to how Sweden handled COVID, which didn't didn't enforce lockdowns. And uh, and they figured that the number was tenfold lives were lost due to, to the lockdowns mm. tenfold. There's the actual, they did, they dug into the data 10 times, many people died or ten, years, ten, ten times ten many years lost years lost yeah. due to COVID. So right. I think, I think, I, I think, I don't even think you have to like, look at the data to know intuitively that that makes hundred, that makes complete sense. Because if you look at when, what, who's dying from COVID, they're all old people with comorbidities. I mean, the CDC and the world health organization are going to just confirm that. So even the mass media, they may use word trickery, but they know that's the case too. Yeah. And here's another, um, this is from a Rockefeller Foundation PDF. <laughs> Quote, during the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at the entries of communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. Even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and activities stuck and even intensified. That's that's from lockstep. I think that was from lockstep. Yeah, that's yep. from lockstep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've, and then uh, this next PDF is just um, from the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedoms in Canada. I didn't bother to quote anything just because that PDF is also massive. Yeah. I would encourage the reader to look at that themselves. The PDF has wealth. It, it's tons of information. Nice. Here's a quoting from a judge in Germany who acquitted a man for breaking lockdown rules is the quote from the judge. Based on what has been said, there can be no doubt that the number of deaths attributable to the lockdown policy measures alone exceeds the number of deaths prevented by the lockdown many times over. For this reason alone, the standards to be assessed here do not satisfy the proportionality requirement. Add to this direct and indirect restrictions on freedoms that are gigantic financial damage and the immense damage to health and the non-material damage. The word disproportionate is too colorless to even hint at the dimensions of what is happening. <laughs> the lockdown policy pursued by the state government in the spring and now again, which the general ban of contact is and is an essential component, is catastrophically wrong. Political decisions with dramatic consequences for almost all areas of people's lives to so security and the state of the countries of the global south. Wow. And then um, here's like another subsection of the lockdowns. These are just quick. These are just mental health yep. stats. Yeah. Mental health has taken a drastic toll in the lives of college students. One in five adults have developed mental disorders. One in four young adults are suicidal. And then here are seven studies and sources about effects of isolation on the elderly, effects of lockdowns on the individual level, effects of isolation on the future health of children. Here's another. Um, yeah. Yeah. Two sources. Uh, here's a UNICEF article, Children in Lockdown Coronavirus Impacts. That one just kind of looks more at UK children. Mm -hmm. Young people in Hong Kong struggling with mental illness. Mental illness and children rising due to lockdowns. Half of young adults showing signs of depression. Here's another source from the mental health of lockdowns, as well as another one. Studies reveal alarming trends of anxiety, depression among young adults during pandemic. 
suicidal thoughts greater in those under restrictions and unchanged in those without any prevalence mm. and depression before and after in the U.S. Here's another thing from Jammin at work. And cases of depression in the U.S. have tripled. And here's a quote from American virologist Robert Redfield, quote, but there has been another cost we've seen, particularly in high schools. We're seeing, sadly, far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID. Wow. We're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose from the above excess than we had in the background, and we we're seeing more deaths from COVID. Here's the thing from the Washington Department it's of just Health. Robert Redfield, I just want to say, you know, he was the head of the CDC, right? At one point, I'm not I, sure. I, I, believe, I believe he stepped down. I, I think he's kind of blown the whistle a little bit on him. I, I, I that don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he was the head of the CDC um, for a, a good part of what happened with COVID. Um, Scott's kind of fact checking here, me fact checking me here, but uh, we'll see. But I'm pretty sure um, I, I've heard that he and maybe it's just that he said quotes like this. But yeah, I, like, he was the service director of the CDC and administrator for the agency for toxic substances. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, here, here's an MSN article. The CDC chief lost his way during COVID-19. Lost his way. Yeah, that's yeah. what they say. Lost see? his yeah. way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Washington Department of Health says depression will increase massively. U.S. Census shows 48% of Washington adults have depression. Lockdowns pose great threat to mental illness. And then here's just some more sources. Yeah, I want to. I just want to take a second too. That just I, I one thing that I, I think that um. That, that we should account for that maybe we don't even think of as much, you know, being in, in the U S and stuff, but hunger around the world and just a massive disrupt to the supply chains that we've had and just how, how things have affected because of these lockdowns, like, Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you do get into no, it. Okay. Dude. I'm, I'm oh, jumping dude. the gun. Here. Don't jump the gun. Jump, he's, got jump the gun. <laughs> he's got it all. He's got it all in here, dude. Um, suicides. Um, let's see. They're just up across the board. There's just no other way to put it. Suicides among black people spiked during lockdowns. Oh, suicides yeah. up in Toronto. Projected increase in Canada. Trends of suicides. There's another study. Canadians in quarantine twice as likely to have thoughts. Military suicides are up 20% as if that statistic couldn't go any higher. And another suicides thing too, are- nothing that jumps out to me here, Josiah, is like so much of these, these, these links and sources that you have, it's all NIH, CDC, bmj like like any jm well, like I, journal to, to be medicine, fair, i don't like, even think they're hiding this and, yeah. and nor could they because yeah. i don't think anyone doesn't know somebody that's committed suicide since yeah. the lockdown i know happened. several you yeah. know they're, they're like you're either one or two degrees away or yeah. you, of, of several people i mean this has not been good on the mental health of anyone uh, i mean that's myself included crisis, in my opinion yeah 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 um anyway. more i think this is from japan yeah this is the one that's chilling this hat, this stat from Japan. These two are chilling. I did a lot like reading these two articles. Su- student suicides have driven some of Nevada's schools to reopen. This is from a wow. New York Times article. So many kids in a Nevada school kill themselves. The school's forced to reopen. Oh, and then um, more people kill themselves in October in Japan than ten months of the pandemic. Wow. One month in, J- in Japan. I mean, I. I- I, I don't want to misquote with the numbers not in front of me, but I mean, Japan has not been hit hard by by the, the deaths from the lockdown compared to a country like ours. You know, I mean, so it's so it's it's just lockdown. It's just lockdown yeah. that, that's affecting these people. You know, then, uh, here we'll get into the economy. Eight million Americans pushed into poverty. A year of lockdowns has destroyed a decade of progress. Ten thousand Canadian restaurants are gone forever. Black and Latino tenants more affected by evictions, economic importance of in-person schools. This one's just a study that shows the economic importance of in-person school. 
And then um, the eight-month lockdown in Buenos Aires, Argentina, forced more people into poverty. Uh, 150 million people have been forced into extreme poverty. God. Homelessness and lockdowns in New York City are up. The economic well-being of millennials are at risk. 10,000 U.S. restaurants wow. are forced to close. This one's from CNN. Yeah, wow. Economic toll on young Americans. This is just another thing from The Guardian. Two million UK families pushed into poverty. India's economic recovery slowing for women. New York City bankruptcies surge 40%. Just imagine how many people were hit by this, by yeah. the homelessness. Yeah. yeah. How we're also hit by bankruptcies. I yeah. guarantee you a lot. And it's hard to, to imagine, like in a place where there's so much social justice is driving um, our our local but you look at eugene and like portland right mm -hmm. like i mean the homeless i mean the, the homeless camps have become cities yeah. right and they're everywhere yeah so and uh, i mean i thought eugene was bad until i went to portland and yeah. it was like literally just blocks and blocks of just tents yeah and it's it's i mean it's gross and yeah. a part of it's the policy makers how they're deciding things you know and allowing things but mm -hmm. a, a lot of it's just the, the homelessness is up man mm -hmm. people people have lost a lot yeah. Here's another thing from the national lockdowns from The Economist. 100 million people have been pushed into poverty. Economist, a, I think that's Rothschild owned, right? I think. Perhaps. <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure. Statement from the German Minister of Finance. I'm not, I think this, I think that was in German. That's why I didn't quote it. So if anyone can read German. Uh, the, you know, the Rockefellers have no problem pointing out the problem because oh, yeah, they, they all, they'll, they'll offer the solution, Scott. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> like, um, European small businesses are closing. Lockdown and lack of tourism may increase poverty in Africa. Mm. Nearly half of South Africa's small businesses have been closed. Half. This one, this is the ultimate oxymoron. New Zealand's success story pushed 70K children into poverty. <laughs> let, me, let me say that again. New Zealand's success story oh my God. pushed 70K children into poverty. And so New Zealand being the same country that like if they get one positive PCR test with a 95% false positive rate, they'll shut the whole country down. Stage well, five lockdown. That's where they have the robot dogs on the parks, right? I think it was, maybe. I've was seen it, them in Singapore, oh, or Singapore or Indonesia, yeah. one of those countries. Oh, right, but then also, but then also uh, New Zealand, I think that's the first rumblings I've heard of like seriously talking about um, detention centers, like COVID detention yeah. centers too. You know, 90% uh, so. of New Zealanders who lost their job were women. Thousands of Loch Aucklanders, that's a city in New Zealand, have turned to food banks and fewer children are being born as well. Yeah. yeah. That's God. Um, hunger and starvation. Ooh, yeah. um, these are just more links. Food banks sound alarm, child hunger, COVID crisis. Let's see. Midday meals stopped after lockdowns. These yep. are just child nutrition's, child malnutrition has seen big spikes. UNICEF for the first time is having to feed UK children. 168,000 child hunger deaths predicted in Africa. Uh, Oh my God. 82. Oh, it gets worse, dude. This is, I hated doing this research. 82% increase in food insecurity. Um, wow. World must step back not to avoid coronavirus induced hunger. Let's see here. More information on food banks. Oxfam on increased hunger deaths. This is just some more research from Oxfam. More Americans are shoplifting food. Mm. Two million Filipino families are starving because of lockdowns. Um, the U.S. says famine and lockdown fallout in 2021 will be catastrophic. Catastrophic. Uh, here's something from aljazeera.com. COVID-19 for fallout decades. Come on. This is from the U.N. And then 130 million people will have food insecurity. Yep. 10,000 additional children a month could die of hunger. 
Yep. 6,000 children die thanks to lockdown hunger. I'm not sure on this link too much. Let's see here. Almost 1.2 million babies could die because of lockdowns. <laughs> hunger crisis to affect 132 million people in sub-Saharan Africa because of lockdowns. And the impact of childhood nutrition and nutrition-based mortality, that's just a link from The Lancet. The Lancet. The well, Lancet. don't you guys worry. Bill Gates bought all the farmland, yep. and we're going to make yep. fake meat. Yep. Mm-hmm. God. And let's see. Other effects on children. This is just sad. Poor students suffering most in online classes. Lockdowns fuel child hunger. Labor. They also fuel FGM is up in Africa. And yep. for any listeners, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. That means female genital mutilation is up in Africa. Yep. Child marriage is up. School closures are catastrophic. Here's just another uh, study. Negatives of school children is more than benefits. Teen pregnancy. A lot of these are studies. Yeah. But um, teen pregnancy in Kenya is up. There's just more negative impacts from UNICEF. And then a sharp rise of eating disorders are also up. Let's see. Substance abuse. OD deaths at the highest point in the 12-month period. This is from the CDC. Mm-hmm. Canadian OD deaths. Here's just four links about that. U.S. ODs are rising. More people are using drugs. This is from Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Fentanyl ODs are up 60%. And every week of lockdowns increases binge drinking. And here's a quote wow. from this next article from the Wellbeing Trust. Quote, Undeniably, policymakers must place a large focus on mitigating the effects of COVID-19. However, if the country continues to ignore the collateral damage, specifically our nation's mental health, we will not come out of this song, or said Benjamin F. Miller, uh, side D, I'm my chief strategy officer. If we work to put in place healthy community conditions, good healthcare coverage, and inclusive policies, we can improve mental health and well-being. With all the other COVID-related investments, it's time for the federal government to fully support a framework for excellence in mental health and well-being and invest in mental health now. And uh, here's another thing from The Lancet. I think I had this article twice. Child malnutrition and nutrition-based mortality. And I just want to uh, make a comment on the, the the alcoholism too. I mean, I, I know in town, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but um, you know, you would think that the alcohol sales would be down with all the bars closed. But <laughs> alcohol sales are way up across yeah. the board. They are way up. Mm-hmm. So it's true, we man. We all know how alcoholism affects. Everybody's yep. been affected by alcoholism at this yep. point. So, yep. 100%. yeah, hundred percent. Uh, U.S. lockdowns trigger surge in domestic abuse, child abuse up in Uganda because of lockdowns. Child abuse is just up in general. Here's another study: school closures inhibit child abuse reports. So some reports can't even come in because the schools aren't even open. So wow. we don't even know. Like, there's probably a lot. This is from the www.ncbi. This mm-hmm. is from the NIH. Yep. National Institute of Health. My, my sister's a teacher of uh, uh, grade school children too. I mean, and this has been terrible on, on children because yeah. uh, all these teachers, they know kids that are not in good homes. And yeah. when they're stuck at home, they're, at, you know, some of them are maybe just being neglected. She said she sees kids that are just, that's all they do is they're just on their, on their iPads all day long, no parents around and then there's others that are having getting serious abuse right and it's increased i mean it only makes sense but it it, like i know the teachers are uh like they're having a hard time and maybe some of them are worried about the disease but some of them are just really worried about their kids and 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 the kids are not getting oh yeah if you want to talk about the disease we can get we can crunch those numbers later to show you there shouldn't be any worry about it but that uh, agreed, so agreed, agreed. <laughs> I was just saying that that's where some of them are coming from. And I yeah. think, you know, in a place like this, you know, you, the 4J is just fighting, 
opening all the time, but like, cause they're scared of the disease. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there are teachers that are really worried about their children. And, and we do know for a fact without, without even looking at these numbers, that children are being abused. Yeah. It's for sure. Yeah. Um, abuse more severe during lockdowns, male domestic abuse is up and also child sex abuse underreported and the child line report surge. This is from the mm. Irish times. And now we can get into undiagnosed diseases. Yeah. So cancer diagnoses are down. Here's eight links about that. And then we got cancer deaths are going up. Here's four, five, six links about that 35K excess cancer deaths, thanks to lockdowns. Mm-hmm. But we're all in this together. Exactly. A portion of excess deaths due to lockdowns. Here's just two links about that. Malaria deaths are up to be, are to be higher in Africa. That's from Reuters. Disruption of other health and services. So here's just another study. In Austria, more people apparently died from undiagnosed cardiac effects. Um, excess cardiac deaths and heart attack diagnosis down. Here's two things from the NIH. And um, 33% drop in heart attack patients, 58% drop in stroke patients. Mm-hmm. We're going to get as to why that's happening. If I link this. Stress-related heart problems up thanks to links of lockdowns. 50K extra Alzheimer's deaths not related to COVID. And here's a quote from a CDC report. Quote, the CDC reported, and then the report's right there. Uh, The CDC reported in late June that 10 weeks after the pandemic was declared a national emergency on March 13th, hospital emergency department visits declined by 23% for heart attacks, 20% for strokes, and 10% for uncontrolled high blood pressure sugar in people with diabetes. Quote, it seems like people are afraid of getting the virus, or maybe they're afraid of adding to the burden of the doctors at the hospital, said Dr. Mitchell Elkind, professor of neurology and epidemiology at Columbia University in New York. They think, I don't want to bother anybody and I'll be okay. Why don't I just stay home and take care of myself? Mm-hmm. More people are dying during the pandemic and not just from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Lockdowns and supply chain disruptions threaten to erase programs made in fighting HIV, TB, and malaria. Funny thing about it, we're going to get to this later. Tuberculosis, 2018, killed 1.5 million people. That mm-hmm. was a pandemic. Where was the outrage for that? Yep. 1.5 million people. Yeah. Yep. Why can't you have a little ticker on CNN every time a person dies of TB? Like people would lose their minds, dude. Mm-hmm. People would lose their minds over that. Like they, like that's how if they they could do anything. Like like I've heard it argued. Like you could put a little ticker on CNN every time someone dies in a car accident. People would never drive again. You know, like, it's just, it's so transparent. Okay, here we go, Josiah. Hit us with it. Now we're getting to, you might think, what's justifying all this madness? <laughs> PCR tests. Yeah. <sighs> Once science has to serve not truth, but the interests of a class, a community, or a state, the sole task of an argument and discussion is to vindicate and to spread still further the beliefs by which the whole life of the community is directed. This is from Friedrich Hayek from his book, Road to Serfdom, a book I have not read. And a man I have not heard of, but I saw the quote. Yeah. And I was like, this is a perfect quote. Yep. In this section of the report, we will look at how PCR is essentially useless to detect and diagnose <laughs> diseases. Now that has helped perpetuate this humanitarian nightmare. More cases lead to more lockdowns and restrictions. How accurate are these tests? Here's a YouTube video of Dr. Kerry Mullis, the man who invented it, speaking oh, about how yeah. Dr. Fauci is a fraud and uh, how yep. PCRs should not be worked. Here's the yep. who admitting this, that. PCR tests have created false positives. Yep. Mass PCR testing can create a false epidemic. In this New York Times articles, I think there was a whooping cough epidemic, mm-hmm. and they started testing for whooping cough, 
but a lot of them were just getting the, the article goes into detail more you can see more near the end but they were using pcr tests to detect whooping cough and they're like okay now all of us have whooping cough it's like no you don't it's just a test and even the doctors then realize that later if i remember correctly here's a research study um, from researchgate.com, external peer review of the PCR test to detect SARS-CoV-2 reveals 10 major scientific flaws at the molecular and methodological level, consequences for false positive results. Quote from the research study, in light from a re-examination of the test protocols to identify SARS-CoV-2 described in the Corman-Drosten paper, we have identified concerning errors and inherent fallacies which render the SARS-CoV-2 PCR test useless useless <laughs> and here's just an archive link this is just more on Moles's work with pcr and how it was never meant to be used to diagnose disease yep here's uh more examples of faulty inconsistent testing from reuters no u.s health um tanzania tanzania president yeah the papa uh, what here's, to him? here's a video of literally fauci himself explaining how pcr is deceitful saying quote it's just dead nucleotides, period. Above and 35 cycles, video. over 35 cycles. Now, did you hear about the Tanzanian president, right? Yeah, he's gone, dude. He's gone. He's they gone, took him man. out. Like, there was some big article, some hit piece saying, like, we got to do something to silence this guy. And then, bam, he's dead. And then they put some other lady in there who apparently, like, Hillary Clinton was celebrating yeah. on the she public stage. Davos? She's yeah. with Davos, right? Okay. This Davos. new president? Maybe. I'm not I'm sure. I'm, I'm, of course she is. Of course. I mean, yes. I'm sure yes. she is. I'm sure she is. And then uh, here's just a question. Here's just Fauci dodging a question here at, at 1140. That's a timestamp. Okay. The question being asked of him was, this was around the protests last year. Somebody had asked him, um, should governments limit this protesting? And he basically doesn't say, he doesn't explicitly say governments should limit protesting. He just says people should avoid crowds. He just avoids the question like a clown. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one was my favorite part to do. Um, conflicts of interest follow the money trail. Yes, Thank you, it. James Corbett, for following yes. and giving me a place to start. Yes. Unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing of, to one class of men and deny equal privileges to others. The Constitution of the Republic should make special privileges for medical freedoms as well as religious freedom. Remember, we do not live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic, but we pretend it's a democracy. Mm. There's a difference between the two. In a democracy, the rule of the mob reigns supreme. In a constitutional republic, the individual rights reign supreme. There's a difference between the two. Wow. So if anybody says we live in a democracy, call them out. We live in a constitutional republic. There's a yes. difference. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Many people see them criticize Big Pharma for corruption, and rightfully so. Perhaps no NGO has a worse track record than Big Pharma. And the COVID-19 money trail makes this incredibly clear. To understand the motives and the actions laid out in this report, we must follow the money trail. The link below may be the best way to articulate exactly what the Bill and Melinda Gates stands for. I'm one to recognize when someone has outdone me. James <laughs> Corbett had this, the, yeah. the creme de la creme. Yeah. Just He's outdone us all. So yeah. yeah. No one, no one's on the same level as Corbett, dude. Yeah. Yes. Please, everybody go check. If you have not yet, like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Uh, corporate, corporate report.com forward slash gates. It's his three part, four part, uh, four, part four part, just, just hard hitting, the expose. most hardest hitting, like Gates expose, like out there, period. It was funny. Without he didn't much. even get to expose more stuff. He just yeah. only talked about the COVID stuff. Yeah. But, um, since Microsoft's antitrust lawsuit, Bill Gates has continued to stay relevant and impactful throughout the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
Many initiatives have received direct funding from this NGO as well as grant money. What is quite concerning is as much as this has led to the global health cartel as seen in the next page. Currently enough, we have seen massive amounts of funding going towards the Gavi Alliance, mm-hmm. World Health Organization, John Hopkins University, University of Oxford, and the Population Services International, among others. Interestingly enough, the University of Oxford has worked in collaboration with AstraZeneca to develop the COVID-19 vaccine. So while many in the public eye view Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as philanthropy, that may not be the case. I don't know what's linked to this. That might have been his return. There's a 20 okay. to 1 return. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. 10, 200 billion worth of economic yep. benefits for this yep. slime ball. Yeah, he's on record. Gates 10, 20 to 1. Also down. has a vetted interest in funding the BBC. Yep. Um, a strong conflict of interest would be factcheck.org. This was my favorite part of the research was nice. the conflict of interest in factcheck.org. The coronavirus page on their website is responsible for debunking and fact-checking certain stories and claims about COVID-19. Probably this report. According to factcheck.org, they receive a substantial amount and funding from the Annenberg family. The conflict of interest here becomes apparent once we learn that the Annenberg family has connections to Dr. Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates Sr. Walter wow. Annenberg has crossed paths with the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation before, actually several times before. Here's they're the things that they have done before from my research. Yeah. Uh, the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation has also been linked to funding other fact-checking sites such as trust.org and africacheck.org. These fact-checking outlets who receive direct funding, direct funding from them essentially work as PR machines to save them up, save the foundation's face. Just as USA Today fact-checked Event 201. And so <laughs> while the coronavirus outbreak wasn't technically predicted by Event 201, it has striking similarities to reality. Thankfully for us, Fact checking has never led us astray, except for when they do. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that taken from Corbett? Was that taken from Corbett? Or was yeah. that yours? Okay. Yeah. I love how he does that stuff. Um, the other thing too is like, you know, a lot, I'm sure most of our listeners know about this, but like World Health Organization, right? So the Trump pulled uh, you know, say what you want about Trump, you know, good or bad, whatever. You know, I'm 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 pretty much off the Trump train at this point. Like I'm just like the whole thing, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done with all of it, dude. Two-party politics, I'm out hundred percent. You can just all burn wherever you want to burn. Like I'm done, <laughs> totally done anyway. But for, for what it was worth, you know, what he did pull us out of the world health organization, right. Of funding the world health organization. Right. And, and so we were the number one funders and who's the number two funder of the world health organization who then oh, rose to the primary funding source of the world health organization all throughout this whole thing up until yeah, it's Bill Melinda, Bill, Bill Gates, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. So, but you said it like he he just trans he just put the money into Gavi. It's just a different Bill Gates yeah uh, funded thing anyway. It doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So there and was- here's a screenshot from the Bill Melinda Gates um, Wikipedia page. This is amount in millions that they give to other organizations. We'll just feed every organization. They yeah. give the most to the Gavi Alliance. Yeah. Sec. Then uh, this is just from most funding to least funding. Then the World Health Organization, then the Global Fund, the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria, PATH, United States Fund for UNICEF, the Rotary Foundation of Rotary International, International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, Global Alliances for TB Drug Development, Medicines for Menelia Venture. I'm gonna zoom in. Let's see. Medicines for Malaria Venture, the PATH Vaccine Solutions, the UNICEF headquarters, John Hopkins University, ERAs, or However, that is the Clinton Health Access Initiative. Oh, God. Dirty money. The National Development Association, CARE, World Health <laughs> Organization, Nigeria County Office, Agency Francaise de Development, that's French, mm-hmm. Centre 
Central International de Majamento de Mais y Trago. That's also French, I imagine. I don't speak French, but I speak Spanish, and they're both Latin-based, so sometimes I can bullshit my way through French. (laughs) Cornell University, Alliance for the Green Revolution in Africa, the United Nations Foundation, University of Washington Foundation, the Foundation for National Institutes of Health, Emory University, University of California, San Francisco, Population Services International, and uh, Population Services. Let's, uh, let me say that one more time. Population Services International. Exactly, exactly. It's always the inversion. University Uh, of Oxford, International Food Policy Research Institute, and the International Institute of Tropical Agriculture. Wow. And then here's a picture. This is that classic uh, photo, baby. I love it. There's Anthony Fauci. There's Bill Gates Sr. There's my boy George Soros. There's Annenberg. And there's Rockefeller chilling in the back. Rockefeller, yeah. So this is like CFR. So this is like, you have people like media, you've got like political influence, you've got like, yeah. So this is, I mean, I imagine, I mean, I don't know, Bill Moyers, I think that's media too. So, I mean, that's the Council on Foreign Relations, just like the conglomeration between political, like corporate media influence. So I didn't, so, you know, that's so cool. Like now that you've connected those dots, the Lenore Annenberg, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. So I had not noticed. I've seen this picture a few times, but I got I this picture from YouTube. Yeah. I screenshot yeah. this from a YouTube video. Yep. I've seen that before, but I did not make yeah, the Annenberg connection. So that's, that's beautiful. The, the fact ah, yes. Wow. Okay. Asymptomatic well, transmission. So wait, before we uh, move on from that, I'm surprised you didn't uh, cover, you know, the uh, Fauci, uh, NIH uh, connections to Moderna, right? So, so they, so they, uh, so Fauci. We have a whole section on Fauci in this later. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. so here I am jumping the gun again. I thought we were talking about the money, you know. No, that he he gets his own section. Sure. Okay. He is okay. worth America's worth doctor it. gets his own section. <laughs> yes. America's doctor, yeah. Asy- and if the, oh the PCR tests won't work, we can fall back on asymptomatic transmission. Oh, herd immunity. You know, variants. the one all thing that, that all man variants, fears yeah. is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of the well-being granted to them by a world government, a new world order. <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Oh, love that, dude. Yeah, that is yeah. the best quote ever. This section will attempt to rethink our common idea regarding asymptomatic transmission and herd immunity. Asymptomatic transmission plays a key role in the COVID response. But does it hold water? I'm living proof it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You might say, oh, but you're healthy and you're young. Exactly. So let me go back to school. Yep. Conclusion on the study below. Conclusion. This is from um, NIH. In summary, all the 455 contacts were excluded from SARS-CoV-2 infection. We conclude from the infective infectivity of some, of some asymptomatic, asymptomatic mm-hmm. SARS-CoV-2 carriers might be weak. Here's a quote from another study from nature.com quote here. We describe a, this is um, here. We describe a citywide SARS-CoV-2 nucleic acid screening program between May 14th and June 1st, 2020, 2020 in Wuhan, all city residents aged six or older were eligible and 9,899,828, of the city participated. No new symptomatic cases <laughs> and 300 asymptomatic cases were identified. That's a detection rate of 0.303 divided by 10,095. 
There were no positive. I can't read that. I'm not very good at science. That's such a small, infinitesimally small that number. Is small. That, like, that's yeah. small. Even I recognize that that is small. Yeah, yeah. There that's, were no positive tests amongst 1,174 close contacts of asymptomatic cases. No. 107 of the 34,424 previously recovered COVID-19 patients tested positive again at a repositive rate of 0.31%. The prevalence of SARS-CoV-2 infection in Wuhan was therefore very low five to eight weeks after the end of lockdown. Here's a quote from another article from CNBC. Quote from the article, from the data we have, it seems to be rare that the asymptomatic person actually transmits onward to a secondary individual from, ooh, Dr. Maria Van Kerkhove, if I pronounce her last name correctly, head of the WHO's Emerging Disease and Zoonosis Unit said in a news briefing from the United Nations Agency Geneva headquarters, quote, it's very rare. Yeah. Well, I remember when that happened. Yeah. They, 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 she probably got in trouble right after <laughs> yeah. that. She, she probably got pulled up. Into an office. To say that? Oh yeah. yeah. The, the next day they were like reversing their, like st- other people were trying to, to cover for what she I said. In the dirty clothes. In the, in the closet. Oh shoot. Sorry. That was my mom. You're good. You're good. Tell your mom. Tell your mom she she raised it quite. She raised a hero. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, how's about when the World Health Organization changed its definition yes. of herd immunity? Man, you're just from, nailing everything, dude. This is amazing. From herd immunity is the indirect protection from an infectious disease that happens when a population is immune either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infections. They changed that to herd immunity, also known as population immunity. I hate that word population Mm -hmm. is a concept Mm -hmm. used for vaccination, which a population can be protected from a certain virus of a threshold of a vaccination was reached. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them. You know, why did it change? uh, That's the whole thing. Like in order for this to work, they've had to change like fundamental things that are like, you know, medical practices throughout the whole, across the board. They have been, the dictionary has been attacked. Yeah. Yeah. This dictionary, like they have changed many different definitions. That is one of the the worst for sure. How's about this from uh, this is from a Google drive link, but it's from WHO. As of April 2nd, 2020, there have been no recorded asymptomatic transmission. A quote from the article says, um, I don't remember if this is from the WHO. I think it is. An asymptomatic laboratory confirmed case is a person infected with COVID-19 who does not develop symptoms. Asymptomatic transmission refers to transmission of the virus from a person who does not develop symptoms. There are a few reports of laboratory confirmed cases who are truly asymptomatic. And to date, that date being April 2nd, 2020, there has been no documented asymptomatic transmission. This does not exclude the possibility that it may occur, Asymptomatic cases have been reported as part of a contact tracing effect efforts in some countries. But that's particular. It may that's- occur, but then from the WHO, it says it's very rare. And then if you look at other reports, it just it might be weak. So it just doesn't yeah. happen at yeah. a large well, scale. It's very rare. We had like, you know, before this school year even happened, we had evidence from many other countries who didn't close their schools that it didn't it wasn't transmitted through school children. Right. It didn't happen. And and what I mean, this goes to the bigger question of what kind of world they're trying to push us into is a disease that's so bad that you have to go get tested to know if you have it. Right. Like that's well, I heard I heard proven healthy. 
Yeah, exactly. I heard exactly. the new, I heard the new development today is that like okay, so now these new these these new tests may not actually detect whether or not you have it. So you may not have any symptoms and the test may not show that you actually <laughs> have the disease, but you still need to be very scared. The mental gymnastics <laughs> with that are just astounding to me. Yeah. Um I think this is actually the only little part I have on Fauci. I should have given him his own section. Okay. Um, here's just him moving the goalposts on herd immunity and here's a quote from that article saying, I'd bet my house that COVID isn't as contagious as measles. Whoa. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean, we're in a little chat channel with like Jamie Deluxe, right? And he's come, he wants to come out with these, uh, like some merch. It's uh, flip-flops with Fauci's face on it, like Fauci flip-flops, because he's always going back and forth on <laughs> what he says, right? I think that's hilarious. Here's another conflict of interest that's a bit yeah. odd. Remember when he backed a coronavirus research in Wuhan, China? Ooh, yeah. Am I the only person who remembers that? No, we, we totally remember that. And uh, I remember yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but I do want to. I also want to just make it really clear, though, that that uh, that NIH, that Anthony Fauci's NIH is the one who uh, has the patent for Moderna's Moderna's vaccine. So so they do get paid out of the Moderna vaccine. Yep. So, I'd say that's a bit Face of a conflict of interest. Face I mask. feel like this part unfortunately has the least amount oh no it kind of looks like it i feel like i have more i swear i have more reports on my desktop yeah i could send though i have a like a folder yeah on i could honestly give those i again i feel like this is the part of the report where it starts to get unfinished that's I all just, right i didn't right. finish the masks or the vaccine part no I mean, problem dude. they're both still going they're ongoing yeah, yeah this right? is an ongoing thing yeah here's the the opening for the face mask it is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Jidu Krishnamurti. He was supposed to be, uh, he, I think he was supposed to be like the, I forget, basically he was supposed to be like the the chosen one, like the, the new prophet for a certain type of theology, forget. But he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Then he kind of just did his own thing, which is kind of wow. cool. Yeah. Um, masks have been a hot topic of debate and contention amidst this pandemic. To wear or not to wear one, that is the question. However, to say that the science regarding mass is settled does not make any sense. Science <laughs> is hardly ever settled, and scientists typically find themselves disagreeing on many things. To say that we must trust a science without question is a flawed way of thinking. Mm -hmm. The science behind the effectiveness of mask wearing in the public is iffy at best. Here's just one that is just funny. Uh, here, let me see if I can screen share my whole uh screen just try Let's clicking see. on it and then we'll let you know if it, if it popped up on ours just click the link and see if it pops up this is just i want the viewer to see this yeah no i know I, i'm gonna see it may not it may just do now sure? like... oh there we go yeah so we're we, still we just seeing the it. word document yeah oh there it is there it goes boom i don't want you all seeing what i watch on youtube how do i go to theater mode there you go there we go. <laughs> Wait, can you hear it? Um, not yet. Hold on. Man, I've never done this screen share stuff. Hold up. It's all right. It's all right. Including your camera, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
striking images. Oh man! <laughs> Clown oh, show. Then, uh, the uh, curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Oh man, it's a freaking clown yeah, show. Yeah, that's always funny. I get a hoot out of that. Uh, and what happened to this? What happened to this, Doctor Fauci? Doctor Fauci saying that people should not be walking around with the mask, yeah. and that the risk is low for the American public. Admittedly, in it, we see Fauci say that things would change. But was it the health policy or political policy that changed? Exactly. Here's Dr. James Meehan, MD. Uh, here's the archive link because apparently whoever posted it, it got deleted. So here's the archive link. This is all from James Meehan, MD, followed by warning that this is from the article. Uh, well-known risks that have been well-studied and have not been discussed in the risk analysis. This is in regards to mask wearing. I'm seeing patients that have facial rashes, fungal infections, bacterial infections, Reports coming from my colleagues all over the world suggesting that bacterial pneumonias are on the rise. We're going to get to that later, bacterial pneumonia. So the attentive listener, remember that. Why might that be? Because untrained members of the public are wearing medical masks repeatedly in a non-sterile fashion. They're becoming contaminated. They're pulling them off their car seat, off their rear view mirror, off their pocket, from the countertop, from the floor. I've seen people on the floor. We'll go back <laughs> yeah. to this. They're, and they're reapplying a mask that should be worn fresh and sterile every time. Dr. Meehan adds, New research is showing that gloss math may be increasing the aerolization of the SARS-CoV-2 virus in the new environment, causing an increased transmission <laughs> of the disease. In conclusion, he states, in February or March, we were told not to wear masks. What happened? What changed? The science didn't change. The politics did. This is about compliance. It's not about science. Our opposition is using low-level retrospective observational studies that should not be the basis for making a medical decision of the future. The fact that I can walk in with a bandana into a store and not a mask i can literally cover my face like this this it's not about safety yeah that's not Surgeons good enough though like that this. is not good enough you will you will get you will go to jail sir if you do try to pull <laughs> that I mean, like, surgeons don't go like don't have like a cotton mask when they yeah. do surgery or whatever yeah and i don't know if you're going to get into it but uh one of the things you know uh dentistry has seen a, a major increase in cavities and uh and, you know, bacterial infections in the mouth, you know and gum disease. And uh, I mean, the, the, one of the things that, you know, Tim James that we, we've done shows with, um, he pointed out, you know, you, what you should do is, you know, we don't need to fight on masks, but point out this science and say, okay, so tell your job, like, okay, are you going to uh, pay for my, my extra dental care? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you going to pay? Cause like, this is a known fact at this point, it is known fact in the dental world that like, it's up by like 50% uh, gum disease and, and bacteria in there. And so, so it's, you know, I had a dentist appointment on uh, Tuesday or Monday, mm -hmm. no cavities. Nice. Wear a mask either. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine. Okay. This is a good Imagine. one right here. Uh, remember bacterial pneumonia? Well, we're going to yeah. revisit our best friend bacterial pneumonia because here's an actual thing I believe that is penned by Fauci. This is yep, from the yep, NIH. Yep, that's it. The majority of, quote, the majority of deaths during the influenza pandemic of 1918 and 1919 were not caused by the influenza virus alone. <laughs> Report re researchers from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, part of the National Institute of Health instead. Most victims succumb to bacterial pneumonia following influenza virus infection. The pneumonia was caused when bacteria that normally inhibit the nose and throat invades the lungs along a pathway created when the virus destroyed the cells line, that the bronchial tissue and lungs. So normally this this stuff that would be going out of your mouth is being trapped in there, causing these bacterial infections, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that was a 2007, is that the same one, the 2007 article that was written by freaking Fauci? 
we can let's let's uh click on it click on it pull it up pull it up let's check it out Uh, i know that he wrote he wrote one back in 2007 that said something to the effect of like you know um you know the the influence spanish flu was the uh was the initial thing but then the the bacterial pneumonia was the real death blow or something like that yes yeah yeah. yep 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 this was written by it says contact n a opplinger this was published August 19th, okay. 2008. It was around that same time. <clears throat> Doesn't say. They probably freaking scrubbed it. My apologies. It. Uh, DM Morin's uh, predominant role. This is a reference. Something. Doesn't seem like who, who wrote it. Yeah. Like, isn't it explicit? There's no explicit byline. Got memory hold. Yeah, I don't see an explicit byline. Okay. An NIH link in there. I wonder if that link's. All I know is that for, anyway. for, the, for whoever wants to – don't take my word for it. Exactly. Take their word for it. Every single thing I talked about is linked in the document. Yep. So let's get back to cool. it. How do I – there we go. God, I feel so bad for teachers now that I understand how screen share works. <laughs> Lord. Okay. The state of Ohio has – here's the thing from activistpost.com. The state of Ohio has constantly lied and manipulated to its citizens from the earliest stages of this pandemic, Gargassev explained. We insist that this nonsense ends, our rights be restored, and the actual truth be shared. Recently, the CDC confirmed that 94% of deaths attributed to the coronavirus were from people who had as a two or three serious illnesses. The majority of those deaths are individuals 75 and older. 6% of the deaths are directly from COVID, according to the CDC. The entire U.S. economy was shut down based on fraudulent models that predicted 2.2 million American deaths, Wren said. The state of Ohio violated the U.S. Constitution with an emergency declaration that ignores the fundamental rights of all Ohioans. As a result, millions of Ohioans are suffering financially, physically, and mentally. Remember this 2.2, that prediction? We're going to get back to that. What's his name? Neil Ferguson. Neil Ferguson. And he's he's got a history of, of bad calls. Yeah. It seems like they, they bring him in to, to scare people. Yeah. 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 We're going to get to him. Yeah. Here's something from the ACP journals. The recommendation to wear surgical masks to supplement other public health measures did not reduce the SARS-CoV-2 infection rate among wearers by more than 50% in the community with modest infection rates, some degree of social distancing, and uncommon general mask use. The data were compatible with lesser degrees of self-protection. Here's something from Dr. Michael Olsterholm on masks in June 20th, June 12th, 2020. This is a video of him talking about it. I don't really want to get into it. It's kind of like six, seven minutes, unless you guys want to. Let's let's keep moving. Yeah, Yeah. here's just three major quotes. Uh, Unless you have a tight face fit, it's kind of like having, fixing three or five screen doors on your submarine. Masks are not a major issue. Unfortunately, we have come to make judgments not on science, but on basically emotions. Totally. Yeah. Here's another thing from the Jaminet Network. Face masks should be only used by individuals who have symptoms of respiratory infections, such as coughing, sneezing, or in some cases, fever. Face masks should also be used, worn by healthcare workers, by individuals who are taking care or in close contact with people who have respiratory infections or otherwise directed by a doctor. Face masks should not be worn by healthy individuals to protect themselves from acquiring respiratory infection because there is no evidence to support that yes. face masks worn by healthy individuals are effective in preventing people from becoming ill. Face masks should be reserved for those who need them because masks can be in short supply during periods of widespread respiratory infection. 
Because N95 respirators require special fit testing, they are not recommended by use for the general public. <laughs> um, this one is, I think this, admittedly, this is again from the NIH. I think this study only had four people in it, but again, it's another study. The use of surgical masks to reduce the incidence of the common cold among healthcare workers in Japan, a randomized control study. Oh no, that's a different one. This is just masks for respiratory infections. COVID-19 yeah. is a respiratory infection. Uh, it's just a randomized control trial. And then here's another thing from CAMJ. Uh, although N95 respirators appeared to have a protective advantage over surgical, surgical masks in laboratory settings, our meta-analysis showed that there were insufficient data to determine to definitively whether N95 respirators are superior to surgical masks protecting healthcare workers against transmittable acute respiratory inf infections in clinical settings. Excuse me. And then here's an entire Google Drive study. It's like, this is, again, this is a study. It's how aerosols can still be dispersed from masks. And the, in the study, they looked at different types of masks and stuff like that. So again, to the, to the reader or to anybody listening, that's another study that I would recommend that you would just go into yourself. Um, and just to, to be clear, like, I mean, this is, it's going to go into this in a study like this, but um, you know, I've always, always heard it described to me. It's like, it's like throwing something like the size of a mosquito through a chain link fence, right? Mm -hmm. Like the size of the, 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 microns are so much smaller than and sure like if they are in wetness you know they may like it might a droplet might get stopped here and there but the the transmission they found like it just goes right through it and we we do know like there is science like this stuff does get aerosolized because of how small it is so so really i mean you're not doing you're not doing anything with masks yeah. i mean they've they've there is mass studies that have shown such negligible difference in wearing a mask that it's it's crazy and mm -hmm. it was funny as though you see the studies and they'll they'll point out like the headline will be like studies here masks work and you'll look at the data and it's like yeah it's dell like did a whole thing one percent yeah. it's like literally like one yeah. percent and it's like it's not even enough to say that it actually did anything yeah, and in it fact, could have some been one percent the other way. Yeah, and some of those, it was like, like the the wasn't that in relation to like yeah. the mask mandates being lifted in, in uh, restaurants or something like that? And then like they studied, and like for the first period of time, like for the first couple of weeks, yeah, like yeah. like the mask like went down, and then after like uh, a few weeks, then it started to go back up by like one yeah, percent. And so they yeah. say, oh yeah, no mask <laughs> saved the day by one percent. Yeah, yeah I, I normally wear glasses. I'm wearing contacts today. Yeah, Dude, they always fog up. You really yeah. think that's? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, I was I was at work today, and someone they were uh, they were eating Altoids, and she was saying my eyes are burning because the Altoids was going up through the mask and getting in her eyes. Jeez. Oh, oh, uh, this is another part I like to do. Um, COVID nineteen numbers do they hold up? Um, mm -hmm. Here's the opening quote: "The simple step of a courageous man is not to take part of the lie, not to support deceit." That's from yep. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. To anybody okay. listening, read that man's book i finished the archipelago two nights ago yeah it, incredible book so much can be learned from that book yeah. okay Josiah, so before you get into these numbers i just want to point out too like because i am also i am u of o alumni as well and i took my uh, uh st statistics class there the first day of class the number one thing they tell you is statistics are the easiest way to lie yeah and that they, it is known facts. So, so if you, you must look at these numbers that they tell you and what they're telling you, and you must put some context around it. You can tell a story with numbers and, and it's not always the real story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's less the opening thing. 
it seems as if we cannot escape the constant reminders of how terrible the COVID-19 numbers are and how the only deaths that seem to matter are those from die from COVID-19, but not any of the things I did to mm. open this. Yep. We must stay home to save lives. What about the live loss and the collateral damage of trying to flatten the curve? Mm-hmm. This section will attempt to show us how the death numbers have been manipulated and inflated to manufacture consent within the public. Here's an interesting thing. In 2015, Bill Gates released a video and a blog post describing a book that he had read that year. The name of the book is How to Live with Statistics. And in it, I linked the PDF to the book I found online. Wow, nice. By Daryl Huff. In it, Huff does exactly that. He showcases just how people can lie with stats and how to get away with it. To quote his book, quote, a remarkable instance of this came out in connection with a test of the polio vaccine a few years ago. <laughs> it appeared to be an impressively large-scale experiment as medical ones go, 450 children were vaccinated in a community and 880, 680 were left unvaccinated as controls. Shortly thereafter, the community was visited by an epidemic. Not one of the vaccinated children contracted a recognizable case of polio, neither did any of the controls. What the experimenters had overlooked or not understood in any setting of their project, or not understood in setting up their project was the low incidence of paralytic polio. As the usual rate, rate, only two cases would have been expected in a group this size, and so the test was doomed from the start to have no meaning. Something like 15 to 25 times as many children would have been needed to obtain an answer signifying anything. Many a great fleeting medical discovery have been launched similarly. Make haste, as one physician put it, to use a new remedy before it's too late. So that, again, like you were saying with the 1% uptick, look at the sample size. Yeah, totally. You know? Hundred percent, because you have to. The sample size must be taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, and just as we had looked with the asymptomatic spread in China, that's a ten million person yeah. sample size. Yeah. Yep. 10, almost close to ten million people. Yeah. Let's see, and then to continue quoting from this from his book, the, this is where it's chilling. Tell me if you've heard this before. This sounds rather interesting. The guilt does not always lie with the medical profession alone. Public pressure and hasty journalism often launch a treatment that is unproved particularly when the demand is great and the statistical background hazy. So it was with the cold vaccines that were popular some years back and the antihistamines more recently. A good deal of the popularity of these unsuccessful cures sprang from the unreliable nature of the ailment and a, detect- and a defect of logic. Given time, a cold will cure itself. Let me re- repeat that. Yeah. The guilt does not always lie with the medical profession alone. Public pressure and hasty journalism often launch treatment that is unproved, particularly when demand is great and statistical background hazy. Does that sound like anything yep. that is oh, going on right on. now? Yep. Yes. 100%. One can say that it was the models and predictions that led us to where we were, and you would be correct. An epidemiologist from Imperial College estimated 2.2 million COVID-19 deaths. These same conclusions were changed in weak times, and the same Imperial College model models Imperial College models were discarded soon after. Here's the thing from The Atlantic. It's literally saying, don't believe the COVID-19 models. Wow. To the attentive reader, one may be scratching their head. Why would you trust a man who openly admitted that he read a book on how to lie with statistics, (laughs) fund the Imperial College London, and fund the John Hopkins COVID-19 model? Of course, this question will need to be answered by the reader. And to help the reader answer that internal question, I hope you look at these. These are all grants. (laughs) <laughs> of where the Gates Foundation is giving their money. So, Vent to a one, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, you can um, you can comb through their grant database as well. It's all public knowledge. So that's what I did. You can just go to GatesFoundation.org. How we work. 
quick yeah. links, and then you can just dig through their grant database. Wow. I want to see how back does it go back further than 2019? Oh, way farther. I want to find that Epstein money, dude. Oh, dude, man. <laughs> Information regarding the 2019 2020 influenza numbers. This is where things get interesting. I let's. Oh, look at God. This yes. Love this. This is together. just like as smoky gun as it gets. This is like if you guys are looking for smoking guns out there, this is it right here. Yeah, facts. Can you guys see it? Can uh, it's uh, popping up right now. I think there's a bit of a lag delay, but that's that's fine. This is. This but you guys can see my browser, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's popping up. Yep. Lovely. Okay. It, Influenza surveillance system. Yep. Purpose and methods. Yep. We scroll down a little bit. Da, 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 da. Oh, did they get rid of it? Did they get rid of it? Those. Due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, oh, this okay, system okay. will suspend data collection for the 2020-2021 influenza CETA. Data from previous seasons are available on FluView Interactive. And then if we look at, I think it was this one, this link. Yeah, I was looking for see. the one with the um No, that's not graph. it. With the, with the there color. was one with the graph. I just don't remember which the, one. These are all just CDC links. The color coded, you know, it has the whole United States and it's like purple for most infectivity. Yeah, and that's then, the one like, I'm trying to find. Yeah, yeah that's the Here's just more gun. numbers from crunching. Oh, we lost your screen share. Oh, shoot. I think I accidentally hit end. That's all right. That's all right. Share. Just pull it back up. This is, dude, you're just killing it. You're Perfect. just murdering this. All right. This is, this How do I move this freaking bar out of the way? Oh, let's go. There you go. Okay. No, there was. I remember there was one with graphs. Maybe it was from FluView in Iraq. Maybe, maybe try FluView there. Let's see what FluView. No, it doesn't look. I right. remember seeing these graphs. Um. Oh, no, that, this yeah, is not it. it. It's similar. But there's Come one on, that's please way more. Tell me I had had this in here. Come on, this was like the smoking gun. Yeah. I have this in here. Just do a just do a search there for um. Uh, oh, CDC. here's just a closer look. We yeah. can get to this one too. This one's a closer look at the U.S. deaths due to COVID. Yeah, and now uh, it's it's interesting to point out how this one. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah. No, if you want to go on this one, you can go for it. But from mid March to mid September, U.S. total deaths reached 1.7 million, of which 200,000 or 12 percent of deaths are COVID related. Instead of looking directly at COVID deaths, Brian focused on total deaths per age group and per cause of deaths, and the information shed light on the effects of COVID-19. She explained the significance of COVID-19 on U.S. deaths can be fully understood only through a comparison to the total number of deaths in the United States. After retrieving data on the CEC website, Brianne compiled a graph representing percentages of total deaths per age category from early September to early September, which includes the period before COVID-19 was detected in the U.S. to after infection rates soared. Um, let's see here. But certainly, it's just not the numbers just don't add up. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they just don't add up. And so, well, well, they do add up. They just add up to about exactly where they should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that last link, though, like I think it's important to point out too, is that was released initially on the what was it the the um, J uh, John Hopkins University, right? It's the J John Hopkins University newsletter. Um, so it wasn't yeah. like posted anywhere. And then, so you see J H U N newsletter, whatever. Um, and so, but that, but immediately after being released, it got retracted and taken off. So if you look, this is on the Wayback machine. So in order to get this, you actually have to go to the Wayback machine. And that's why he has it on the archive.org. 
link there because they were they pulled it like immediately this this <laughs> data came out and they said oh can't can't say that yeah, so they, number, had to, they had to scrub it yeah. a number of my sources are like that a lot totally. of them, I, I had to go to the Wayback machine and archive. it'd be worth it'd be worth going back and like archiving all your links dude just yeah, for for posterity you know posterity yeah yeah oh my god i remember i swear dude, i had it wasn't like this yeah it was, it's bright green um just do it just do it too. type in like oh cdc my. whoa that's some mk ultra shit right there Type in like CDC flu by the week or something like that. Yeah. CDC flu cases by the week or something like that. I pull it up all the time. And then, yeah, I remember seeing these graphs. Look at you, pre search. Hell yeah. Dude, you you got, got me started on the pre search. Yeah. And Brave Browser. Brave Browser and pre search, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I don't see, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, I, dude, if I didn't link this, oh, yeah. that's an That's all right. That's all right. Okay. That's all right. Let's, let's keep moving. Oh, wait. Yeah. I think I found this. Aha. Let's go. I think this is it. Yep, here it is. The smoking gun, baby. Okay. All right. Keep, keep, this, keep going. Um, yellow represents uh, influenza A. Purple represents influenza B. Notice how there is just a drop off once it gets to 2020. There's just not a single across every single board, yep. not a single case reported. Yep. Here's red 2019, 2020 season. They just stopped counting. Mm-hmm. There's not a, according to the CDC, not a single, they just didn't count them. They did not count them. Yep. There it is. This is it right here. Bam, right there. Right. So this is, this is March 13th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, can you scroll up just a little bit? Um, uh, let's see. Can you select the, uh, is there like maybe to, if you scroll to the left, you have a way to scroll to the left a little bit or something. So yeah, take that back. Take that. So there's, there, there usually should be uh, an option to take it to 2019, 2020 flu season. Do you see no, that? I'll have to okay. scroll down for that one. Okay. There's this there, one. There you go. Influenza activity estimates. So for the state of Oregon, no activity. Yeah, we could look at uh, we could look at Florida. Um, let's see, sporadic activity. They kind of mess Texas, with these numbers. Same. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if we, then if we click at each one, then we can yeah. then we can crutch numbers for every yep. state. Yep, I've gone to the Oregon one. The Oregon one's fascinating because it shows like two thousand tests throughout the state, and it shows like one or two positive tests. It's just insane. Jeez, dude. But I mean, yeah, I all guess the people with flu like symptoms are just getting uh PCR yeah. tests. Look at that. Boom. Yeah. They stopped counting them. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no I mean, data. it wasn't too long ago. They just, they told us they weren't going to record flu deaths. Yep. Right. So, so for the season, so I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just not even surprised by it. I mean, we know they're all being reclassified. I mean, that's, I mean, yes, it's smoking gum, but it's, uh, but it's, we know it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we know, but, but this, I, I really have all, I've felt for a while now, this is, this was a long game plan in the yeah. fact that, you know, there was, I think it was 2014 when they started in the flu deaths, weren't just people who got a flu test anymore. They started lumping in, uh, um, what you would call it, uh, all flu like illnesses, including, yeah. uh, ILIs. 
yeah influenza like illnesses yeah what's what's the main one uh pneumonia 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 so so most of these people that were dying didn't didn't have the flu or weren't tested for the flu right i think it was somewhere around 15 percent that were actually getting a positive flu test out of these numbers of say eighty thousand flu deaths that they're reporting to us um and i think it was 2014 they switched the rules on that so so (laughs) they they kind of start scaring us with the flu and they start and just from a guest we had last week i mean they, they were using a pcr test yeah for the flu as well yeah so um so i think that this was a long game plan when this happened it's like all with they've been planning this yeah i don't think that i think that this this has been in the works for some time when they were well, we're getting to, we're gonna get to the plan stuff later all right let's oh, do okay this. don't let if, me get if ahead it's, if it's either i just have it bookmarked on my browser okay. or I, I have it in here, but okay. if, if not, we can just look at my bookmarks and we okay. can literally look at Rothschild patents together. Yeah. <laughs> I went deep, dude. Yes. Um, quote from this article. Um, oh, that was from the, the, we just looked at that one. And here's bacterial pneumonia. Again, I linked that one as well. And then CDC revealing new numbers. Remember the 94% yep. thing? Yep, yep, yep. That's just yep. people recording that. Yep. Here's something from Conscious Life News. Here's a quote from the article uh the idea we are going to allow people to massage a sort of game numbers is a real issue because we are going to undermine the public trust Uh, right now we see politicians doing things that aren't necessarily motivated on fact and science their trust in politicians is already wearing thin they're infected yes but COVID-19 refers to a clinical diagnosis of someone who exhibits severe respiratory illnesses characterized by fever coughing and shortness of breath if you're asymptomatic you don't have COVID the worst thing you could say is you're infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus. But you're not actually ill. You don't have COVID. I think this was from a, uh, this is actually from a real doctor who explained this. So uh, trust the science, trust doctors. I'm going to trust mm-hmm. this doctor. Yeah. Let's just wait for this to load. Or like Newsom always says, Gavin Newsom is like, well, we just trust our doctors. Like, <laughs> Yeah, here's a... Scott, no, Jensen. Scott Jensen. Jensen. Yeah, that's our yeah. friend, Scott Jensen. Yeah, we got to be on with him. Yeah, we, we were in a little Zoom chat with him a few months ago. It was pretty badass. Yeah. You know, yeah the unwanted. Is, he's just one of my sources for this. Yeah. Let's see here. Ah, yes. Remember when the WHO accidentally confirmed that uh, COVID's no more dangerous than the flu? Remember that? <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Infection fatality rate. Solid. Awesome. Pretty <laughs> Look at those clowns. Yeah. Let's see. Just fools. Let's see. What else can we look at here? Again. Yeah. They're just basically, they basically just admitted that infection fatality rate is just super freaking low, which it is. Yeah. Let's see. Here's just additional sources. Oh, here's just um, some more seasons. This is from... Um, this is just one thing, and I don't want to extrapolate for the whole country, but this is just a one little thing. With no lockdown or mask mandate, Florida has seen the same hospitalization level as the 2018 flu season. Huh. And then this one goes into more detail. He kind of looks like Alex Jones, DeSantis. Yeah, he, kinda, does. Yeah, he looks does. like the um, you know, the young Alex Jones, like Bill Hicks is Alex Jones. Exactly. He looks like that. That's, maybe DeSantis is Bill Hicks. Maybe, maybe. maybe nah. Oh God, maybe they all come from the same clone farm, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but this one goes into detail and it actually tracks the hospitals. And this one's got them all linked. Uh, admittedly, oh, damn. Wayback Machine? Yes, sir. Yeah, see, Brave Browser. Damn. Damn. Wait. <gasps> oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Let's go. Bam. Yeah, so this one's got everything. And then just look at the numbers. They just don't add up. Thus, wow. with flu cases down 98.8%, <laughs> it's reasonable to assume that the January census will not grow as it typically does during peak flu season. Yeah. Let's continue flu on. Flu cases down 98.8%. God. So that's the good news out of all this. We literally cured the flu. Yeah, we cured the flu. Yeah. But at what cost? Yeah. Well, and it's it's always funny how the, the arguments like, well, it's because of all of the masking yeah. and social distancing that we, you know, we don't have the flu. Well, then, then why do we have COVID then? If, yeah. if that, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. 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 Here's just some additional sources. Not very much. Um, in health, there is freedom. Health is the first of all liberties. Henry Frederick Emil. Mm. The, these first three websites, the, these are just more, this is just more information. The first three websites hold a wealth of information, everything from how contact tracing is a failure, mortality rates are much lower than previously thought, and how masks really don't do anything. Now, school closures have been an absolute failure. To put every single study and graph in this article would make this report incredibly lengthy and potentially unreadable. So I would just read, this is collateral global. These are just all, they're just sort, they kind of did the same thing I did. Yeah. So um, vaccine efficacy, effectiveness and efficacy. There will be in the next generation or so a pharmaceutical method of making people love their servitude and producing a dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to regale by propaganda and brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmaceutical methods. And this seems to be the final revolution from wow. all this Huxley. Yeah. Um, world, baby. I'm pretty sure all this Huxley's like, he was, he came from like a technocratic family. So like mm-hmm. he was already, he knows the script. Yeah. He's a great writer though. It's a shame. Uh, aside from masks, the vaccine discussions become very heated and polarizing. There seems to be no middle ground. You're either anti-vax or anti-science. You're eager to receive the vaccine. I suppose the middle ground is pro-choice. If you want to get it, fine. I just don't want to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not consider myself anti-vaxxer. I received a flu shot for some reason. Uh, however, we must look at vaccine effectiveness. We're going to have to especially, talk. Yeah, just say we got to chat. I didn't want to take it. I'm just kidding. My parents were like, just take it. And I was like, fine. Uh, yeah. Many talking heads repeated that we must take a vaccine available to all. Here's let's listen to these talking heads, shall we? <laughs> Not the bands, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just chilling. Two minute demons. Come on. No, I know, right? I'm just so tired <laughs> of seeing his face. Yeah. Not getting any audio though. Oh, rip! Hold up. I call him the solidarity guy. He's like solidarity. Solidarity. Thanks. How's that? Good. I don't know. This is this video is just kind of creepy because they're all just saying the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's just more talking heads just kind of repeating the same crap. 
let's just not follow the propaganda. Let's just deconstruct yeah. it, shall yes, we? Yes, 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 yes. Um, and the narrative has been widely accepted by the public. Serious questions must be raised. A key one being, will the vaccine end the pandemic? No. The nope. influenza vaccine obviously has not ended influenza since its introduction to the public. If we are forced, if we are to force a rush vaccine upon the public with never used technology, we must take it seriously. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I get I get like inundated all day at work, like just email after email after email from like the head of the company, like all these higher ups in the company just saying, take your vaccine, take your vaccine. Here's all these appointments. It's just this constant barrage of like pro vaccine propaganda. They've had doctors come in like with and, and they actually put out this, this they put out this 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 survey, uh, supposedly anonymous survey. Um, they said, if you have any questions for the doctor, please write them down here. And I just blasted them, dude. I wrote like 10, you know, like, like, are they, are they vaccine? I mean, we know all the questions. Are they able to be held liable? Like how long have they been trying to come up with a vaccine for coronavirus? You know, all, all the questions. Then obviously those didn't make it to the final cut. <laughs> None of those. And then, and then the other thing too, that was like today, I got one, it was a forwarded message from the, the executive director of our company. Um, from Oregon Health Authority with a quote from the director of the Oregon Health Authority that said, everyone can just take their vaccines right away so that, you know, we can stop the spread of this virus. And, uh, and, and I, I, my boss was happened to be standing next to me and I was just, and, and she, you know, my boss is like, I don't know, one of these, one of these, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really sure. But uh, I, I said, well, can, what can we do for like the executive director of the company is sending out just absolute blatant lies about the vaccine. And I asked, and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it, it, any, ask any authoritative source and it'll say it does not stop the spread. It will reduce your symptoms. That's it. It's not going to stop the spread. And it's not. Fauci said that. He said yeah. it only reduces yeah. symptoms. I'll have yeah. no symptoms. Yeah. So what's the freaking point? Yeah. So this yeah. is this blatant lies that are being spread, man. And what's like, what's the point with something that has an incredibly low chance of me getting it? Yeah. Symptomatically, that has an incredibly low infection fatality rate, yeah. incredibly low reinfection. The numbers just don't add up. And and especially, I mean, as someone at your age, like the chances of you having an adverse reaction to the, the vaccine for sure outweigh the chances of you getting COVID and having an adverse reaction to COVID. Yeah. Like a 100% anyone that's, I mean, probably my, our age group too, probably at our age group too. The only people that this has any real death toll on is the 65 and older. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's the truth. So um, I, there it is. How how could they ever force something that will cause you more harm than than the threat that you're protecting yourself from? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The cure is always worse than the perceived. Remember the the welfare of tyrants. The yep. alibi of tyrants is the welfare of people. Um, mm -hmm. Here's the first. We have, we all know the how sketchy the AstraZeneca one is with the blood yeah. clots. Yeah. Here's just one from 2020 of November last year. Oxford scientists needs more data. Here's my personal favorite though. My personal favorite source, if I had a personal favorite source, <laughs> would be uh, straight from Moderna's website. Oh, yeah. This is a good old PDF. Kachow. Let's scroll down, shall we? DNA. It, it's not a DNA vaccine, but this is a bit weird. Once inside the nucleus, DNA vaccines have a risk of permanently changing a person's DNA. <laughs> oh, there you go, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, that's a DNA vaccines, but yeah. Um, Let's see. For mRNA, there are now six. Yeah, this is a PDF from 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. May 2017. Let's see. I mean, mRNA when vaccines. When you used to Moderna, I mean, there's so many things about Moderna. First of all, they've never actually brought any product to market before this. 
they've never they've never had anything before so mm-hmm. but if you just look at their mission and stuff like that yeah. and then the CRISPR technology and yeah. what they're doing is this gene editing gene therapy that they're they're trying to, to push right now like if if people just read their what their mission is i mean it should scare all of us man yeah they, they're this is not this is maybe new technology but it's mm-hmm. pushing envelopes that i don't think most of humanity is really comfortable with yeah, yeah the innovation of mrna vaccines offers the opportunity to improve upon dna vaccines well let's mm-hmm. remember what they said about dna yeah. vaccines they have a chance of permanently changing a person's dna yeah they're literally getting inside our bodies like we're an operating system and learning to like code us yeah that yeah. is what they're about yeah Yep. Um, this just goes into more information about the costs. MR more it just goes more into mRNA tech regardless and again, yeah, just how it's kind of again, take their word for it. This is Moderna's yeah. word for it, not yeah. mine. Another interesting thing about Moderna, if you look up their stock ticker symbol, have you looked at that? If you go to like the one of the like what a NASDAQ website, like look at look at their yeah, let's do it live on the air. Type in uh Moderna stock ticker symbol. <laughs> sock yeah sock yeah yeah bam all right here we go you guys ready for this uh scroll down scroll down there it is right there like finance right here yeah click, yeah you click on that yahoo finance boom <laughs> boom oh, it's booming look at that no i know no i know but look at look at the look at the symbol that you look it up look at mrna dude they've known about it the whole time wow <laughs> wow. bam yeah oh yeah business is good humanity's Under. digging their own grave dude yep yeah it's fucked all right uh all right. let's see here again this is the part of the report where much of it admittedly is kind of unfinished so i don't even right. know half of this shit i'm clicking yeah, on let's, so. let's i mean i'm uh, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get to some conclusion i think yeah. we we know a lot of this yeah. stuff but and basically, like, if someone still wants a vaccine after, oh, this one's solid. This one's from the okay. BMJ, but it's an opinion. But in it, there's tons of stuff that this guy linked. Nice. Peter Doshi, Pfizer, and Moderna's 95% effective vaccine. Let's be cautious and first see the full data. In the United States, all eyes are on Pfizer and Moderna. The top line of efficacy results from their experimental COVID-19 vaccine trials are astounding at first glance. Pfizer says it recorded 170 COVID-19 cases in 44,000 volunteers with a remarkable split, 162 in the placebo group versus eight in the vaccine group. Meanwhile, Moderna says 95 of the 30,000 volunteers on its ongoing trial got COVID-19, 90 on placebo versus nine received, five receiving the vaccine, leading both companies to claim around 95% effectiveness. Again, they're looking at such a small sample size. Yeah, yeah certainly. They're lying with stats. And... Yes. Um, the ability nor the ability to prevent infection this is just we can get into every source but i don't want to do that yeah totally you know yeah um, man, man i oh, think man. a lot of this i think a lot of these actually come from this yeah i don't know uh there was another one who is peter uh, doshi was because i'm just trying to remember if it's because one of there was a a pfizer an ex-pfizer guy oh that was really, michael yeden oh okay yeah Oh, you guys want to see something spicy? Here's another spicy source. Yeah. You guys are going to look at all my bookmarks now. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you got a few. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot. Aha, here it is. 
Here's one of them. And then here's the second one. These are in German, I believe, or Dutch, but system and method for testing for COVID-19. Patent. Roth. <laughs> Who's that? Who? Huh? Huh? The Rothschild, huh? baby. Richard Rothschild, system and method for testing COVID-19. What was this patent filed? Can we see? Is there a date on this? Uh, this is all in a different oh, language. Okay, but this okay. is filed in September 3rd, 2020. And then we look at a different one. Yeah, boom. Richard A. Richard Rothschild, Rothschild patented. God. September What is that? 3rd. Hold on. What was that 2015 right there? Oh, the, I don't know. I can't. Let me look up that word. Mother something prioritize datum something datum is date. What in the hell, dude? Translate.google.com. Rock oh fact check. Rothschild did not patent a test for COVID-19 in 2015. Well, I hate to break it to you, Reuters. Oh yeah, God. fact checking just because yeah. you put the word in. Yeah, you take type in that word and it's nothing but <laughs> yeah, it's Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Um nothing but uh Fact checks, baby. Priority date. Holy okay. shit. Okay. Priority date like, 2015. Yeah. So there you go. Man. A lot of the sources I had are just on my freaking. Yeah. Like, all right. Like a ton of stuff. Dude. A lot of it's just OSHA crap it's and like just... DDT. I don't even know why I was doing research on DDT. That's just poetry stuff and like farms and like other stuff doesn't really matter. Man, um, dude. I, and then a lot of these studies, I don't even freaking remember. Um, That's great. One of them. Oh yeah, the risks of rushing a COVID nineteen vaccine from the Scientific American. Oh god! Like all these people are probably hanging from a doorknob somewhere. All these people yeah. that wrote these articles, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the William risks hate of rushing them. Is, is William Hastaline still alive, anybody? Yeah, I don't know. He's probably a <laughs> homie, though, for publishing this. Yeah. Yeah, there's just risks. I, again, I don't want to dig into every single one, but the writing's yeah. on the wall at this point, guys. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we got to uh, get wrapped Oh, look up. at this. This one's, yeah, yeah, we're at the conclusion now. Yep. Let's look at this one. This will be the last little thing we look at. Bill Gates offered House of Reps $10 million bribe for speedy passage for compulsory vaccine bill this was in a um, um in a coalition of united political parties cup on monday alleged that it has intercepted a human intelligence report that the nigerian house of representatives leadership was poised to forcibly pass a compulsory vaccine bill without subjugating it to traditions of legislative proceedings wow wow 10 million dollar bribe wow. well and that, that goes back to like that's like the the belarus right yep. the, they were offered what a billion dollars to um to lock down their country and uh, all the COVID restrictions, and and they told them to kick rocks. Yep. So. Yep. And here's the conclusion, shall uh, we? Uh, sure. If people let government decide which foods they eat and medicines they take, their <laughs> bodies will soon be in a sorry state, as are souls of those who live under tyranny. Uh, who Thomas is that? Jefferson. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Oh my God. Uh, let's see. Then there's just stuff I wrote. Um. It is in the interest of the would-be dictators and their political and media machine to silence any sort of opposition, to demonize any alternative perspectives and make sure the public has little to no access to dissenting voices. This then begs the question, why? In the book, Brave New World Revisited, Aldous Huxley says, but big government and big businesses already possess or already soon possess all the techniques for mind manipulation. 
The rulers of tomorrow's overpopulated, overorganized world will try to impose social and cultural uniformity upon adults and their children. If this kind of tyranny is to be avoided, we must begin without a delay to educate ourselves and our children for the freedom of self-government. In their anti-rational propaganda, the enemies of freedom systematically pervert the resources of language in order to wheedle or stampede their victims into thinking, feeling, and acting as they, the mind appears, want them to think, feel, and act. Let's just skip all of that. Let's yeah. get to the part where it's manufacturing consent. Um, the mass media serve as a system for communicating messages and symbols to the general populace. It is their function to amuse, entertain, and inform, and to inculcate individuals in their values, beliefs, and codes of behavior that will integrate them into institutional structures of the larger society. In a world of concentrated wealth and major conflicts of interest, to fulfill this role requires systematic propaganda. Oh, and here's um, hypocrisy from our medical leaders. This is just people, uh, this is just like a website documenting hypocrisy. Of yeah, I pulled that up. That's hilarious. Um, here's like, um, let's see. Here's just people covering their tracks. What YouTube video is this? The hell? Hold up. Yeah, I don't remember some of this shit I even like, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> People covering their tracks. Let's see what scumbags covering their. Oh yeah, her. Oh, Salon Nancy Pelosi. Was a setup. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Demons. Um. Yeah, this is one of Fauci taking off his mask, but it has like a ton of commentary yelling over it. But um, if government really cared about our health and well-being now, how come nothing has become done to mitigate the deaths and infections tuberculosis cause each year? If this was the really about health, why are gyms closed and prevented people from getting in shape? How come the importance of vitamin D, this is a study of the importance of vitamin D, is not being broadcasted to the mass public? The point of this report is not, this is the point and the point of this report alone. The point being, if my mind can change, perhaps another being's, mother person's mind may change. I'm not claiming any absolute truth in this report, but rather presenting the fact that we may be wrong about COVID. All I aim is to project is present room for reasonable doubt, even if that doubt is reactionary. That's one thing I've been called. Like, this is reactionary. Of course it's reactionary. Some, they, some tyrants caused some bullshit. I responded. Yep. We must move forward together and end this nightmare with a more balanced approach. It's not, it's not the same to some people who took away your livelihood via lockdowns to have their way. This madness ends with us right now declaring our independence and sovereign rights as individuals. Unjust laws exist. Shall we consent to obey them or shall we endeavor to amend them and obey them until we have succeeded or shall we transgress them at once? Men generally under such a government as this think they ought to wait until they're persuaded the majority to alter them. They think that if we should resist, the remedy would be much worse than the evil. But this is the fault of the government itself and the remedy is much worse than the evil. It makes it, makes it worse. Why is it we are more apt to anticipate to provide for reform? Why is it crime resist before it is hurt? Why does it not encourage its citizens to be on the alert to point out its faults and to do better than it would have them? Henry David Thoreau from his essay, Civil Disobedience. Civil Disobedience. Yes. Wow, Josiah. Holy shit, brother. What the yeah, hell? Man, like, great. that's Love insane, it. dude. Yeah. So great. Um, so we're going to definitely put links. For like, I don't even know. Like, well, I'm thinking we'll just put it up on our website. Maybe people could download it from there. Um, I could give you the, that on your website. And I have a whole folder with okay. even more mask studies. Cool. I didn't even provide, like, there's still some links I haven't put on here. I'll totally email them to you. And yeah, That's awesome. Great. And it'll, it. it, we, it'll grow. And maybe, you know, I don't know, like, like this seems like a good, like crowdsource thing. If people want to add things and contribute it. Um, do you want people to have a way to reach out to you at all? If they feel like it. If people want to reach out to me, you can just email me. Okay. Um, 
I don't have a website or okay. anything. You can just email me at jpensato7 at protonmail.com. Okay, perfect. I'll um, put that in the links too. Yeah, if you want to, I don't know, say thanks, just yeah. email me more sources, call me a nut job. There you go. Emails yeah. right there. Yeah, we love the nut job or we love the nut job haters or whatever. <laughs> so right on, Josiah. Well, man, thank you so much thank for taking, so much, taking the time man. to sit with us and chat. No, thank you. This thank is you. great. Yeah. I think a lot of people will hopefully get a lot out of this. And, um, Good summary of the last year of tier oh, Wait, let's experience. look at what the people in my class have said if they responded. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. There you go. Okay. You oh. send it to them? Yeah, oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm glad we still get to work together to that capacity. I don't think they've read it, but they've seen it. Yeah, I think their cognitive dissonance is like immediately when they sure. see when you're confronted with that, like their their minds are just going to reject, down. immediately reject yeah. and disengage. Yeah. All right. Like completely 100%. 100%. Like, but anyway, man, that doesn't mean we stop doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yep. That does we'll not mean we stop doing what we're doing. We're, we're empowering yeah. others. <laughs> yep. For sure. Yep. With, with real information. The truth doesn't give a shit yep. what anyone thinks about it. Yeah. The truth doesn't care about your feelings. Not at all. <laughs> the lie only works when we build prop it up. The lie stands on its own. Yeah. I mean, the truth stands on its own. Exactly. That's, that's beautiful. All right, Josiah. Well, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Hopefully, see you at the next Freedom Cell, man. man. I'll see night. you guys around. All right. Peace. Wow, dude. What? That was awesome, man. Dude, that's so, it's so encouraging to see uh, the youth. Yeah. discovering this and also like researching like hell dude. Yeah. like that is amazing dude yeah. does so much research i mean yep. i think like i i have to say like i will pride myself and I, I feel like i've run across like pretty much everything that we just were shared but yeah. that was amazing yep. well, it was could... so comprehensive and it just kind of detailed everything we've seen over the last year totally. loved it for totally. sure yeah that's for pretty sure. powerful pretty powerful stuff so you guys like email uh email josiah if you want more information yeah, sure. if you want to Give him a hard time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He'll man. hold his own, man. I, I have yep. utmost yep. confidence in that. Yep, absolutely. I, I Josiah, I'm glad to welcome you to the Soul Family, bro. Yep, Soul Family. Soul yeah. Family. Hell yeah. Um, right on, guys. Well, just real quick. So another one of our friends uh, from the Freedom Cells movement um, sent us uh, this little shout out that they wanted us to read on the air. Um, you know, we're all trying to move the, the mark for, uh, you know, trying to do something, make some effective change in this world. Um, so Marshall, um, and, uh, oh, what was her name? Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. Marshall and Michelle. Sorry, I'll have to edit that. Yeah. So Marshall and Michelle reached out to us. They're doing big things, um, over at, uh, breathe free lane County. Um, but anyway, so this is another initiative that, um, they're putting they're putting their effort into and it's make Americans free again.com <laughs> so it's, you know anyway so just uh, real quick so we'd like to give a shout out to Pamela Popper if you guys have not heard of Pamela Popper she's uh, kind of a big deal in some of these circles um, and her lawyer Tom Renz and you can find them at uh, make Americans free again.com and Ohio stands up.org um, they're fighting back against the draconian pandemic guidelines aka the mandates remember mandates are not mandatory folks um, so over 5,000 lawsuits against these tyrannical measures have failed because they were filed on the basis of civil rights being infringed upon. Pamela Popper and Tom Renz are trying something different, something that's never been done before. They're filing on the basis that, one, there is no pandemic, and two, the statistics being used to justify destroying our economy are being manipulated, and number three, our governors, OSHA representatives, and state and local authorities are complicit in fraud and criminality of the highest degree. So they're taking it. They're taking the fight to them. So these lawsuits, which have already been filed in Ohio, 
New Mexico, two other states against the CDC are requesting discovery for the real statistics, which the kleptocrats are hiding from us. Um, discovery is a legal action that cannot be ignored to the extent that if the state and local criminals try to avoid presenting it to the courts and the plaintiff, they will almost certainly go straight to jail. Ohio officials are, uh, Ohio officials upon make Americans free again, filing their state lawsuit on August 31st, 2020, tucked tail and ran for the hills, pulling away back their legal or illegal measures and mandates. Oregon is one of eight danger states. For mandated hmm. vaccines, right? So we have Oregon, Washington, California, Illinois, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and New York. Um, if you're in any one of those states, if you'd like to maintain your bodily autonomy and medical freedom, um, i.e. not getting medically raped by a needle, and stand up for your fellow Oregonian brothers and sisters, please log on to MakeAmericansFreeAgain.com and sign up on their front page. This is not a petition. It is a grassroots ballot. Pamela Popper, Tom Renz, and their colleagues have... Between them, 25-plus years of experience in informed med, decision-making, constitutional law, and most importantly, vaccine activism, they know what doesn't work against big pharma vaccine criminals. But please understand, they're trying to help every single state in the U.S. Um, their resources are spread thin, so they need your help. Sign the grassroots ballot today so we can create the infrastructure here in Oregon that they need in order to extend a helping hand. We need 10,000 or more signatures that include your local political representatives so that Make Americans Free Again can reach out and help with their 25-plus years of experience, knowledge, and wisdom. Um, they would not be doing this if they thought that this was a there was a possibility that they could lose. So basically, we just need the signatures, and then they'll divert their resources over to help our state fight this. Let's, so. let's help them help us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's all about that discovery, man. Like Because yep. they got to provide. I mean, that's just how how it works right? yep. They, yep. they must provide the documents to prove why they did what they did and we all know yeah this is all bullshit yep right? so let's and expose the bullshit yep expose the bullshit and that's yeah. one of the big things too about like the vaccine dilemma too you know like they have this this insulation from any sort of accountability through the vaccine courts yeah. because they can't have discovery the, the manufacturers themselves yeah, are exempt from the discovery process being protected by you know the vaccine court and all yeah. that stuff so, so let's, let's, let's get them stuck in their own game for yep. sure totally yep. Totally behind that. Um, yeah. Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, well, thank you, Josiah, yep. once yep. again. Uh, you know, uh, amazing stuff there. Um, uh, yeah, what a great night. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's that gives me a little bit of hope, man. Yeah. It gives me a little bit of hope yep. that, like, um, you know, that other people are discovering the same things. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, hope you have a wonderful evening. Uh, Megan, hope to get you back in here yep. soon. You're feeling better. We love you. Yep. And uh, until guess, next time. Until next time. We wish all of you intellectual, intellectual prosperity. prosperity. Good night. Beep, 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 be